Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, Monday. It's the 2nd of January. Yes, you had that bit the other day, but it's still a holiday. Because yesterday was a holiday and today's a holiday. And then you're all back to work tomorrow. But it makes no difference to us because we've been here all the time. And we love it. I'm hoping nothing happens today. Because if you remember, each time I've done breakfast between 7 and 10, we got the death of, uh, of George Michael. So we did that. I mean, I didn't have any problem doing it. It's just that it sort of kind of went away from the programme I thought I was going to be doing for Christmas. And then yesterday, that awful tragedy which uh, unfolded in Istanbul. They've got pictures in the paper today of the man who perpetrated the crime. And uh, I just had so much sympathy yesterday for people who've just gone out just to enjoy themselves and now whose life has been curtailed. That was a sad day. Loads of other things on the agenda for today. The Queen is getting better. I thought that's what you were waiting to hear. I know it's certainly what I was waiting to hear. And the reason we know that is because apparently Princess Anne said, the Queen is going to be okay. You know, but in fact, one of the papers today, I hope she doesn't read all the papers. They've actually done the um, exactly what happens in the event of the Queen dying, because uh, they have plans in place, as you know, for the funeral. You know, they'll have been rehearsing this for ages and ages. They will have it off to an art. One thing we do do is royal pageantry and there will be. Uh, a huge funeral, bigger than the Queen Mother's, bigger than Diana's. Well, maybe not as big as Diana. I don't know. I thought Diana was about the biggest funeral. Certainly the amount of flowers we had for Diana was something unprecedented. Three million pounds worth of flowers sitting in front of Kensington Palace in the plastic. So they rotted. You know, if they'd taken them out there, it would have looked much nicer. Why do people put flowers in? Don't put flowers in plastic, please. But uh, yes, I was delighted. We sort of we finished, finished the programme and, uh, and I got a taxi back to, uh, to the car. Because I was thinking round here, there'd be nowhere to park. Whereas, in fact, it wasn't too bad. I probably could have got a lot closer than I did, but it didn't, didn't make any difference. So I took a taxi back again. And there was a £4 surcharge. All, all the black cabs have a £4 surcharge on New Year's Day. But I didn't, that didn't bother me in the slight. I don't worry about things like that. I'm not doing it every day of the, of the, uh, of the year, am I? I'm just going to do it for sort of one, one day. But then a friend of mine said, you could have got the bus from the Haymarket. <laughs> the bus. I said, I'm a celebrity. I'm on the radio. I don't get buses. He said, well, you do. I said, yeah, but anonymously. I'm not going to be telling people which buses I'm sitting on. But he said, you can get a bus there and it drops you up at the, up at the station, up round by sort of you. I'm like, oh, right, OK, I'll remember that for next time. Saved myself 17, 20 quid uh, in a taxi. But didn't, I, I didn't mind. I'm not, I'm not bothered about that. And so then we finished. He said, oh, let's go shopping in Selfridges after we'd walked the dog round Regent's Park. We saw Julian Clary yesterday. He was walking his dog with his boyfriend. Uh, or was the dog walking a boyfriend? Anyway, I can't remember. Anyway, we saw we saw Julian Clary, so we had to check. He obviously looked and went, "Oh, it's Steve Allen." And uh, but we don't we don't speak to anybody in Regent's Park. You never do. We've seen loads of people. Mary Portis, we've seen in there. Peter Mandelson, we've seen with his his boyfriend walking the dog. It's quite a cultural thing. And sometimes you sort of nod in agreement to people. Sort of, morning, morning, and that's it. But we we didn't do that to Julian Clary yesterday, and uh, there was no pantomime because it was Sunday. Because most, most of you kind of forgot what day of the week it was. You kind of got to that stage and you went, what day of the week is it? You go, it's Sunday. Are you sure it's Sunday? Yes. And a friend of mine was, uh, was down in London. You remember we went off to have, uh, have drinks at the Langham. And, um, and then I said, let's go to winter. Because he said, oh, I want to go to Penhaligans and I want to go to Selfridges. I said, there's no way I'm going to Selfridges. I said, I'll drop you off there if that's where you want to go. Uh, and in the end, I parked on Park Lane, because you can with my car, and uh, just about anywhere you like, actually, outside any hotel, they welcome it with open arms. And, uh, and there were some people taking photographs of me 
opposite the car, probably the car. And uh, and so we went to Winter Wonderland, and it wasn't very busy. It's just a lot of a uh, lot of leg slog, and your feet get tired. But it wasn't very busy at all, which is actually quite nice. They check bags on the way in. They've got uh, somebody there checking bags. Although, as I say, if somebody wants to do something, they'll probably just parachute somebody in. But it was fine. It wasn't very busy, and it was reasonably dry. The weather forecast was going to be awful. Uh, the good news is that the food was a lot cheaper than it was last year. Last year, I arrived there and I wanted a portion of chips and I don't often have a portion of chips and they were five pounds and I thought, sod that for soldiers, I'm sorry. There's a certain limit to what I'll pay for something and that crossed my limit. So this year, three quid. Skinny chips or, or fat chips, three quid a portion. The, uh, the bratwurst and stuff like that, on most of them was a fiver, which I thought was except I paid a fiver in Kingston Market, so I'm not bothered about that. Um, but one of the most expensive rides this year is um, is nine pounds. It's a roller coaster with three. It looks like the Olympic rings on it, and uh, and it's very nice. But it's nine quid. And Fred Bucky said nine. What's all he was talking about as we were walking about? Nine pounds, nine pounds. It was very expensive. But he paid four pound fifty for a banana covered in chocolate. I kind of rest my case there. I said that was a banana. He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, think of think of the uh, you know the amount of time that it spent travelling to get here, so that somebody could dip it in chocolate." But uh, there were all sorts of odd things there. But I quite I like it. I do like these big European rides. And a friend of mine was taking pictures of them because the lights are, are super, really, really nice. And um, and it was it was it was just quite nice. We spent about an hour and a half there, and then I threw him off at Selfridges, and uh, and I I came home again because the whole of the Euston Road was like a real bugger yesterday because they've slowed it down in one one direction because they're doing roadworks by Madame Tussauds. The old bag used to sit by the guillotine as the heads rolled off. Oh, I think I'll do a model of that one. Oh, well, just hold up the head, dear, and we'll do it. She was quite clearly some sort of psychopath, I think. And then the other side of the road, they're trimming the trees. So they've coned it all off. So there's only one lane going up the road. And... Um, and they're sort of they're sort of doing the the trees and then putting them through that shredding machine, which is lovely. It's all very nice, but don't blooming pick on New Year's Day for goodness' sake. You know we're not interested in things like that. And so I came home and I thought, oh, Marks and Spencer's open, so I had a quick troll round there. And um, and all in all, very nice day actually, very nice day. And um, somebody says I thought LBC sends a car to pick up the presenters. I didn't think they had to make their own way into LBC. I didn't. I didn't make my own way into LBC. I did on that particular day, yes, because it was uh, it was Sunday and I like to have my car with me. So if I go out afterwards. But no, the rest of the time I get a car. And not all the presenters get cars. They get the bus and the train and things like that. It's only us very important ones who get the car into the studio in the morning. So this morning I get the car in. And did you bump into an LBC presenter on a Clive Bull on a train? Oh, I should imagine Clive's quite at home on a train, isn't he? He probably likes that, actually. In fact, I don't, I don't mind. Go- I should go home on a train today. And I've got a magazine to read. I'm quite happy. Quite happy. Just that we seem to have lost one of my, my trains at the moment. And uh, after your brilliant in conversation with John Favreau, I watched The Jungle Book with my nine and ten-year-olds. We all loved it. Isn't it great? Love it. Absolutely love it. It's a fantastic film. Thoroughly recommended. Thoroughly recommended. As you know, Matt was saying there how much he enjoyed my uh, my interviews over the... Uh, over the and there were so many interviews. There were so many interviews of Steve Allen. We got everything. We got the Debbie Reynolds where she sang. We got Sir Cliff Richard. Do you know, I don't think I've ever had an interview that's gone out so many times. Three times, I think, that went out, the Sir Cliff Richard. And you can download it. And if you're a fan of Cliff's, you will have downloaded it by now. Uh, Padita says, I was round a friend's the day before New Year's Eve and she had the most wonderful advent calendar from M&S. Yes, I mean, I, I do like an advent calendar. I haven't had one for many a year. 
uh, mainly because I, I, I can't think of anywhere, <laughs> anywhere to put it. I've, I've got no idea, so I, I sort of kind of leave it. Uh, and it's like every year, people always get me a diary. Uh, Hillman's, you know, the, uh, they always, always deliver a nice Christmas present to lots of us. And, um, and I always get a diary. And I always start off with all good intentions, but I don't know. So I use the little diary. They send me a little diary as well, which is much easier to do, and I, I like that. <clears throat> and I bumped into my postman. Where was that? <coughs> was that there? No, the day before yesterday. And uh, he's really good, my, my postman. If I get... Oh, the glue arrived. Remember I said I ordered the glue? Arrived. Yeah. Cool on the glue. My brother's going to be getting a package of it as well. He'll be so thrilled. And, um, and I saw my postman, and I, I didn't have to chase him down the road. He was, he was by Marks and Spencer's. And I said, I've got your present, I said, to increase your weight this year. And it's a nice box of, uh, of Belgian chocolates. He seemed quite surprised, actually. It's nice, you know, when, when, when you sort of tell somebody how much you in, appreciate their service and what they do. And so I thought a box of chocolates. Uh, and I always give to my chemist as well. So Mr. Shah gets a box of chocolates for him and the wife. And then there's a box of chocolates for the shop as well, so that they can they can eat. It's not very healthy, is it? Really, in a chemist to eat um, to eat chocolates. But I mean, what the heck? And uh, and we're still on holiday. You're still on holiday. Uh, we're not on holiday, but I feel like it's holiday because yesterday we did so many interviews. I think we must have done six interviews on the program yesterday, which seems like a lot. It is for me, even though I've I've spent my life doing interviews with with news gatherers and uh, and the people, and we were doing it for the bomb. Uh, the uh, the killer over in Istanbul. And so we talked to lots of people and the news desk were very excited because we gave them so many clips for the news uh, from all the experts that we had. So that was good. And then what did I watch yesterday on the television? Oh, it was Gogglebox, but with children on it. It was actually really good. Was it Goggle Tots or something? Some of them were a little bit older than usual. They were really good. About the first time I've actually sort of said, oh, I quite like a programme. Every time a Christmas film, Goggle Sprogs. There you go, Goggle Sprog. Who knew that? Did Julian knew that? Yeah, Goggle Sprogs. It was really good. Uh, where, the kids, when they had a, a thing coming up, they went, ah, oh, Toy Story. And they got really excited about it when they were watching different things. Because you know, you know how the programme works. They give them a CD or a DVD and then they watch it and then they film them while they're watching it. And they all seem to like the, the things in there. They were good. They were really good. A couple of little overweight children, but I'm sure that their mummies and daddies will be putting them on diets this year because there were some very thin children and there were some very uh, children as well on the programme. But it was good. I liked it. I, I really did like it. And I don't like that much stuff on the television. And then I watched... Oh, God. Wasn't it the best piece of filming on the Attenborough Life on Earth? Planet Earth? I <laughs> can't remember the name of the blooming programme. And it's the... It's the lizards. The, like little iguanas, whatever, who get born... And get chased by the snakes. Have you seen that? Oh my goodness. This poor little thing comes out of the ground. Now snakes can't see their prey. If it moves, they get the vibration. And they can then attack it. So this little iguana kind of thing. Um, <laughs> seriously. Comes out of the ground. It gets bought. They all get born at the same time. And these snakes... It, it was almost like they were superimposed. It was almost like somebody had created them in, in a film laboratory. They come out of the ground and they chase this thing like there's no tomorrow. They're running for their lives. They're seriously running for their lives. And these things, and there was, at one point, there was like 10 of these snakes all chasing him. So he leaps up onto the rocks. They're up on the rocks as well. These are, there's a name for these snakes. Q. 
killers. And at one point, they actually wrapped themselves, a whole group of them wrapped themselves around this sort of iguana-type thing. I thought, no, no, please don't, please don't. And, and then luckily, it got free. Yeah! I was so excited. Best, best bit of filming I've seen. What a, what, a, what a superb presenter he is and what addictive programmes. You know, when you look at this, this world and you look at what we know nothing about, Nothing about at all. You know, I, I could sort of take you through chapter and verse on the programmes on the television that I can watch again and again. Remember I told you about the one where they went to a glacier in France and you go down this long tunnel, which they've, which they've sort of blasted through with, uh, with hot water. And then at the very end, there's a door. And they open these double doors and there's the glacier. You're actually underneath the glacier. So when they've got... They, uh, they, these hot water hoses, they, they carve a cave. They carve a cave out of the glacier and, and they go and stand underneath it and it's dripping and all the rest of it. And all these rocks and boulders have come down for years. And then they, they close the doors. They go back next day and the cave has moved. It's vanished. It's moved down the mountain. And so they're left facing this huge wall of ice. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen, apart from a place where they went into... And they go into this cave. They didn't tell you where it was because they were frightened people were going to go there. And it was all stalagmites and stalactites, but incredible, incredible sizes. And they have to be careful not to stay there too long because breathing apparently makes them start dripping and all the rest of it. And so I sort of, I watched this. I remember thinking, God, that's another fantastic place. Another amazing place to go to. And that's why when you watch the Attenborough programmes, it's... It's just fantastic. It kind of makes you feel like, you know, about that big. Like, I was having a laugh with poor, poor Charles, the newsreader, earlier on. And I said, I always ask, I ask a few people, I said, so what, what did Father Christmas bring you? And he thought about it, and he said, it didn't bring me anything. I said, what, nothing? He said, no, I got stuff from, from cousins, but he didn't get anything from Father Christmas. And I said, oh, that's a shame. So now I've likened poor, poor Charles to tiny Charles, like the little match girl. So he strikes the match and then appears the Christmas dinner and the tree and the little match girl because that, that highlighted the Bryant and May situation where the little girls had to go. That was the first place they'd ever been striking. They've never done striking. And, and they went out there and they sold matches. You can't believe it, can you, that they sold the Bryant and May matches. And the little match girl, the story of at Christmas, she's, she's frozen to death. She's got no, no shoes on her feet. And it's the snow on the ground. Always was. Victorian times, there was always snow. Everywhere you went, Dickens used to write, there was snow on the ground. It's only recent years because of global warming that it's all changed. And, and she struck the match. And there in the light of the match, she, sh she saw the Christmas dinner. She saw the tree. She saw the presents. And 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 that was her that was her little Christmas. And in the in the morning, she was found dead, and all the matches had been used up. She'd used all the matches up to see what Christmas really looked like. So if you had a really crap Christmas, believe you me, it wasn't half as bad as hers. She was having a really bad Christmas. But I still I keep it going, I keep it going for as long as possible because that's that's my childhood fantasy. That's the thing that that I get off on. You know, if I could wave my magic wand. You know, I would bring back my, my parents. I would bring back everything for when I was about 10 or 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, when sort of Christmas kind of means an awful lot more. When you get so excited about the tree and you get excited about the smell of the tree and the, and the presents and stuff. Because I think presents look better wrapped than they do unwrapped. 
Sometimes you unwrap and you go, oh, that, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And I got some lovely, yeah, the grotto's looking a bit sad at the moment. I've noticed that. We all, we all got bottles of wine. I'm obviously destined to become an alcoholic this year. And uh, I thought, oh, that's, I'll, I'll show, and it was red. And I don't really do red wine. So I thought, no, I'll be a good boy. I won't take the red. Well, it's all gone. Seriously, I don't know how many bottles there were out there, but obviously some people must have taken two bottles or people from elsewhere must have taken bottles because my bottle wasn't there anymore. I should have written on every bottle, property of Steve Allen, in one of those sort of pens that you can only see under ultraviolet light. Uh, Russ says, I'm not on holiday. I'm off to fetch my wealthy boss from his winter holiday home and fly him back to London. How lovely. That's nice. And, uh, and Dennis says, uh, another year of 4am spikers. I hope so. I mean, put it this way, every time I see the 4am spike, and I'm a bit late for my break, but it doesn't really matter today. It's a holiday. Goodness sake, I think everything can run late on holidays. I, I look at it and I think, uh, the year before this one, when I looked at the spike, one radio station was getting near to me. Not close to me, but near. And I remember thinking, right, we're stopping that. Well, anyway, luckily, I pushed them back down again. So, whew, so we've still got the spike. And if you don't know what it is, you better ask people who are better equipped. Five pounds for a chip. I wouldn't pay that either. <laughs> I see, I thought that was so expensive. He said, I don't do stations or airports either. Total ripoff. Although I know that they pay big rates and rent for the stands. Uh, Starbucks in Belfast International Airport, 375 for a grande latte. Have you noticed as well that in all the away from the high streets, you can't use your Starbucks card? So if I go to the motorway and there's a Starbucks there, I can't use my Starbucks card. Yeah, the Costa, you can't use it. It's a different sort of uh, different sort of operation. I think that's what they call it. Anyway, you're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's still bank holiday. God, it's never ending, isn't it? It seriously is. Just remember, don't want to remind you, but you've got a long time till you get paid. Long time. I've been checking with people. They're all going, mm, not so good, because you've probably got bills coming in. And you'll have even more by the end of the month. So by the time you get your January pay, that'll all be spent, won't it? Because you went mad over Christmas. Uh, Trevor says that Steps uh, made the comeback. They did GAY on New Year's Eve. My root scooting baby is driving me crazy. I'm a little fall. Tragedy. It really was. And the meaning comes. Tragedy. I quite liked Steps. They were a bit campy-campy, though, weren't they, really? I mean, H, when he came out, I tell you, could have knocked us sideways. We had no idea. Seriously. I mean, that... I mean, I thought he was the butchest thing ever appearing on... And uh, it was like, uh, well, Shindy was uh, like, uh, just camp. And I think he lives down in Chiswick. And he said, didn't he go on a reality show? Or he went on a reality show or something like that. Anyway, so uh, so they were brought back. Jeremy Joseph puts them on. Because let's face it, for New Year's Eve, who else are you going to book but but Steps? You can't. Whether or not they were singing live, I don't know. Ian um, H, uh, they've actually said the H stands for hyperactive. I thought it was homosexual, but apparently not. It turns out to be hyperactive. <laughs> Welsh singer and dancer. Better no, but the, the interesting thing—they've got it wrong. Better known for being one of two male singers, but I didn't think that uh, Lee Latchford Evans actually sang very much in the group. But it was—it was that sort of—it was that look. Lee Latchford Evans always looked terribly butch. He was sort of, you know, he was sort of muscly and things like that. And um, uh, they've been with. So he's still working, actually. Singer, songwriter, dancer, stage actor, kickboxer, and celebrity personal trainer. Uh, his role in the band was mostly choreographer and providing backing vocals. He rarely sang lead. In fact, I don't think he sang lead at all. I don't remember that. He used to go in there and they'd look at his thing. Oh, I'm not singing on this one. And he'd just stand at the back. 
But uh, it was interesting, wasn't it? Very interesting. Steps, but as I say, for G-A-Y, what else could you possibly have? But I can't think of a camper band. I can't think. He's currently living with his wife, uh, who's called Kerry Lucy Taylor. And uh, they married at a Palladian-style mansion in Surrey. And, uh, and the wedding featured in November 2012's edition of OK Magazine. And uh, with bandmates Lisa Faye, Adrian Clare. Who was the one who was the racist in the group? There was one of them who was a racist. She was in... I remember that because it all... Oh, what happened? There was something. They made comments. And was it that? Yes. There was also one whose weight went up and down like the proverbial yo-yo. Yeah, there was one of them. And I can't remember who it was. Um who made comments. I'm sure it was about Shilpa Shetty. I'm sure it was about Shilpa Shetty. Wait a minute. Um, oh, somebody says here that the, the group could be anti-fascist. But um, an anti-fascist group said they were racist. No, there was definitely one of them there. And I can't remember who it, who it was. I can't remember who it was. There was definitely something. Um, find Shilpa Shetty and see who... Um, who was making the uh, the comments about her? There were there were a couple of people, weren't there? There was a sort of page three model type person and a couple of other people. I remember thinking then, was it from that group or was it something else? Anyway, whatever it was, I remember th- it's in the back of my mind. There's definitely something in there. There's definitely something there. I can't remember who it is. Whether or not did Claire go on to that program? Claire Richards? I don't know. She was the one whose weight bobbled up and down. Like there was no tomorrow. But of course, now we're into the new year. Lots of people are uh, losing weight. And so there's loads of these uh, of these things. Have you got Claire did go on Celebrity Big Brother. Was she one of those accused of making comments to Shilpa Shetty? I can't remember. I just remember the Shilpa Shetty incident. Because, and the only reason I remember it is because I was watching it. And then they kept playing it back again and again and again to sort of show us what was what was said. And then and then we, we couldn't really remember. Is there nothing said on there? But she was definitely in that Celebrity Big Brother, wasn't she? Was she in the one with, with Shilpa Shetty? She, she, oh, Shilpa went back in again, did she? Good Lord, I don't remember her going in twice. Anyway, apologies if it, if it wasn't her, but there was definitely something. I remember something about... So who, who were the people involved in the Shilpa Shetty thing? There was Jade Goody. We know Jade Goody, because that was well documented. Shilpa Poppadom, she said to her. Do you remember? Shilpa Poppadom. Which she probably didn't think was offensive, but everybody else goes up in arms over the whole blooming thing, saying, that's dreadful, you can't say stuff like that. But I don't think she realised. And so the celebrity racism row, that, oh, Joe O'Meara, that's right, it was Joe O'Meara, who was from S Club 7. She was one of them. And, uh, sorry, Claire, I do apologise to Claire. I, I knew it was somebody who was in a, a band who was terribly popular, I just couldn't remember who it was. But, uh, but Claire did do the television, but I was right, Claire was the one whose weight yo-yoed up and down. Jade Goody and uh, Daniel Lloyd and Joe O'Meara directed these uh, things. Many agencies and corporations cancelled their contracts with the housemates accused of racism. Goody stated she understood the comments appeared as racist. Didn't she go over there? I think she went to India. I'm pretty certain she did, actually. I still think, though, that steps for G.A.Y. for New Year's Eve. Can you imagine if you didn't know it was going to be steps? And <laughs> they turn up. How cool would that be? How cool. Uh, Happy New Year from Swanee. Thank you. And uh, what else we got? Uh, another one here, which says Cassie. Oh, sorry, Christine says your Debbie Reynolds conversation was brilliant. I don't realise how talented she was. Oh, check her out in the film things. I mean, she's she's mega. 
absolutely mega. I mean, she really is big, 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 big. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I knew where I got confused about Claire Richards from Steps and Joe O'Meara from S Club 7 is because uh, Steps did an interview, surprisingly, in the, uh, in the Sunday Express on the 25th of June, who then asked them during this interview... I mean, this is the oddest thing. This is a pop band, OK? They then asked them their views on a, vari- a variety of political subjects. And uh, Lee Latchford-Evans was apparently quoted as saying, I think there should be more jobs for English people. Claire Richards says, why are we paying for all these people to come into the country anyway? And, uh, you know, and then people misinterpreted. This was the anti-fascist action organisation. So Steps then released this statement through their record company, Jive, and saying they're horrified at the implications by the AFA that they're racist. Absolutely. In fact, actually, it would go very well today with there's a piece in the paper. Uh, one in four of the so-called child asylum seekers turn out to be adults, which is what we predicted in the first place. You only had to look at these people to realise they weren't. When one of them stood there and said he was 13, we went, I think not. I think you're an adult. And it turned out they were actually adults. So uh, happy to put the record straight. Uh, the diets that you get, the papers are going to be full of this. Over this next week, and it's, and it's for you lot who've indulged over the festive season uh, to help you lose weight. So the Sun have got, uh, who have the Sun have got? Like, Get Lean in 2007 with Joe Wicks. They're desperate to try and make something of Joe Wicks. They've obviously paid a lot of money for him. He's got the funniest voice I've ever heard. He's got a very, very funny voice. And, and so he hasn't really taken off. You know, you're only going to look like this. And most women I know don't want to look like him at all. You're only going to look like that if you, if you do this every single day. And most people don't have the, the time or the inclination to do it. So they've got it. I thought they bought up Scarlett Moffat and her, uh, her DVD for losing weight. They go, oh, look, you know, she's worked hard at this. No, she's done it w- with a trainer. That's how these things work. Uh, the Queen is well. Well, she's certainly a lot better than she was. Uh, no show for 13 days, but Philip braves the rain. He gets he's a he's a he's a stalwart old thing, isn't he? Really is. Uh, Mariah Carey goes on to do New Year's Eve in in New York City, and the whole thing turns out to be an utter abomination. Uh, she mimes the uh, the earpieces don't work. She sort of she goes up. Oh, it's awful. Uh, but one particular commentator picks up on what I said the other day of why Robbie Williams would be totally unsuitable to present a chat show. Robbie Williams, if you remember, a few days ago, might have been about a week ago, expressed an interest to do a chat show on the television with his, uh, with his wife, Ada Field. It's probably a joke there somewhere, if I could think of something at this time of the morning. But uh, somebody points out he wants to front this TV chat show with his glamorous wife, and he believes the networks will pay a fortune for their talents. They won't. Write one's, writes one particular commentator. He said, for a chat show to work, the interviewer has to have an interest in their guests, not just themselves. That rules Robbie Williams out. Robbie Williams is only interested in himself. As I say, he's a bit like uh, Ben Watts's face from that programme in the morning, who does the tipping point and everything else. No, not Ben Richards. No, Ben... What will come to me in a minute? Ben Shepherd. that's right. If Ben Shepherd was a lollipop... He'd have licked himself to death by now. He's just absolutely... He cannot pass a mirror without... Oh, I'm so beautiful. And yet, when you look, when the camera does a close-up, you suddenly realise he's ageing before your very eyes. And the same for Robbie Williams. Poor old Robbie is so deluded to believe that the, that the networks are going to be interested in a chat show with Robbie Williams. The only person who's interesting in the conversation, it's certainly not his dreary wife, it's Robbie Williams. So what sort of guests are they going to get on there? 
I mean, I, I really can't think of it. Perhaps Alicia Duval could pop up. She's managing to drag her five seconds of fame out for a little bit longer because apparently she's had um, bottom implants. It's a really sad, sad, tragic story. And she says, it's ruined my sex life. You know, I'm kind of getting to grips with this. So she's had bottom implants and that's ruined her sex life. What sort of sex life are you having, dear? I mean, you know, if 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 your bottom implants have ruined it and apparently uh, it could kill her. I mean, I'm a bit bored with Alicia Duval. You know, she was around donkeys years ago. She's now sort of tortured and drags this thing out. She's apparently addicted to, to I can say she's addicted to Alicia Duval. She's ad- addicted to surgery, so they say. But, you know, and, and, and then they sort of run through what she's had. And to be honest with you, she's just sad. I just feel immense pity for her that this is her claim to fame. Not she can juggle, not she can write books, not she can do anything. She's just been addicted to plastic surgery. Where she got the money from, I've got no idea. They say she was a glamour girl. I don't think anybody was ever interested, were they? And so she turned up on a TV show. She's had 12 eye operations. She's had, I mean, all sorts of just naff stuff. She says, surgery was like crack to me. I was addicted. I mean, it's just dull. It really is dull. Pull your life together, for God's sake. Try and grow up. And they've got... um, She's going to be appearing on Channel 5, so you know it's not particularly top-notch. Celebrity botched-up bodies on Sunday. I mean, that's that's how tragic her life is. Celebrity botched-up bodies. I mean, couldn't you go on something... uh, Celebrities actually make something of themselves, not botched-up... Yeah, the jump. There you go, Alicia. You could do the jump. Could keep you out of action for weeks, apparently. Well, if she landed on her bottom, there would be a little bit of a problem. But I suspect, actually, she couldn't do so. She, she just looks slightly odd. slightly odd. Her daughter's beautiful, but then she's dragged her into the newspapers as well now. It's this, this never-ending quest for Z-list celebrities to try and tell you about their exhaustingly boring lives. They must wake up in the morning and go, what should I do today? Bottom implant, chest implant, chin implant. Or just shopping, you know, Waitrose or something like that. Other supermarkets are available. Uh, what else we got in the papers today? It's the usual sort of thing. Well, steps, here they are. They've all aged a bit. Uh, in fact, the, the, the one who's aged the most, actually, is H. Poor little H uh, has aged the most out of them, but they're all there. Uh, but they've said steps are back. Oh, please, God, I hope not. I do hope not. And um, snubbing the Spice Girls' comeback has not stopped Victoria Beckham and Melanie C staging their own mini reunion. Uh, they were at a New Year's Eve party in the Maldives. And cheering at the back were Dave, Brooklyn, Cruz, Romeo Harper and Gordon Ramsay's family. Lovely. That, that was how bad it was. They don't have anybody else. And uh, what else do we have? Spice Girls reunion. I'm not really bothered about that, actually. I'm really not particularly bothered. Gary Barlow has got a bit of a spat going because he's told Simon Cowell his, uh, his programme's better. I, d- I mean, to be honest with you, I do like Gary, Gary Barlow's honesty, but he's ultimately boring. He's, he's quite a dull person. 84850, oh, steve at uk, And uh, what else do we have? Um, diabetic cost cut. Doesn't sound very good. Uh, the Roonies, they only make a little bit in the paper today because this is a teenager recovering from a killer brain virus um, after Wayne Rooney and other Premiership stars sent him shirts. Matt was on holiday in Ireland and so people sent signed shirts. Do you think they have to pay for them? Or do you think they just get them for free? And they just send them a shirt? Do you think it's free? I mean, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be charging somebody like Wayne Rooney, would they? How would you put that down, Wayne, on your tax return? 
shirt, you know, discount. I don't know. That'd be very complicated, wouldn't it? Very, very complicated. Here he is. The fitness guru is back. And to be quite honest, nobody gives us stuff. Joe Wicks is the body coach. But as I say, it's he's just a bit dull. He seriously is. When I first heard him speaking, I thought there was some joke going on. But they're obviously trying to make something about him. And they've got, you know, this is this is somebody who does this for a living. It's not for you. It really is not for you. It doesn't make any difference at all. You know, you couldn't, um, you, you would never end up with a body like this unless you worked at it every single day of your life. These people do it all the time. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Yesterday you were talking about things that annoy you. The thing which annoys me is the folk in Lidl who try to pack their bags at the checkout and slow everything up. In Lidl, you do not pack your bags at the checkout. You put everything back into the trolley, pay for it, then go to the large shelf between the checkout and the exit and pack your bags there, says Doug. I don't know. I've never been. I, don't, I actually don't don't pack bags full stop. I don't have the ability to pack bags. I go into Marks and Spec. There was only the one time somebody tried to be really clever and say and just pile the stuff up on there. I just stood there staring at it. You know, you, you packed the bag, dear. It's what you paid for. And this one thought he was a manager. You wait till I bump into him again. I'm determined this year to have a ruck with somebody. I can just feel it coming up. But of course everybody else packs in there. That's what they do. They pack. Except this little person. Uh I didn't see Miriam Margulies in Japan. I liked her in the um is it the Marigold Hotel thing? I like that. That was very good. I think that's that's very good. Very good pro very interesting. God I had dreams about all sorts of people yesterday. Really did. All sorts of people I know. And I woke up thinking, I wonder if they're sort of aware that I'm dreaming about them. Then I thought, maybe they're not, actually. Uh, also, dating sites are booming, which is great, isn't it? If you're single, although to be quite honest, I don't know why people make such a big deal about being single. It's fine, I promise you. Star Wars actor Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2, left nothing in his will to the man claiming to be his secret love child. Shane, who comes from Ontario in Canada, said last year his mum, Yvonne, told him that uh, Kenny Baker was his dad. The star denied it, and uh, he left 328000 Now, that's not cash. That would be... That's what his estate amounted to. His estate was 326000 which would be a flat. We went past somewhere the other day. Where the Dickens were we? We were in London somewhere. Oh, it might have been in Mayfair. And uh, Dame Anna Neagle had a blue plaque on a house there, which we were quite pleased about. But when it, when it says that R2-D2 left 328000 that would be a flat. That's what his uh, his flat was worth. So so what have we got? Let's have a quick look here, actually, for, for Joe Wicks. Uh, OK, for breakfast, you'll be having at home fried bread, bacon, sausages and everything else. Uh, he's, he's having a build-up bagel. So you need a bagel, some deli beef, boiled eggs, tomato, cottage cheese, Greek fat-free yogurt... Uh, sugar-free barbecue sauce. I mean, where'd you get this stuff from? Does it just fall out the sky? Dinner is Thai green curry, which sounds quite nice. And uh, he, uh, he he sort of has protein brownies as well. Snacks, a handful of um, handful of nuts. And do you know what he has for a snack? Apple with peanut butter dip. Apple with peanut butter. Odd combination. Apple with peanut butter. I was going to have a peanut butter roll this morning. I thought to myself, should I have a peanut butter roll? And, and then at the end, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't have a. Pe- I've got the rolls at home, and uh, and I've got the butter out, and I've got the peanut butter out. But I didn't. Uh, good heavens above! A size chest on that woman there, enormous. And um, and and I'm sort of thinking, should I have a peanut butter thing to go into work? And I thought, no, it's not the best thing to have in the morning. But he says with apple, it's okay. Uh, viewers will get a, a glimpse into the weird ways Lee Max mind works in the new series of Not Going Out. Lee lives out all his characters' fantasies of getting Emma Bunton and Countdown Susie Dent 
to strip off and share a hot tub. Good grief, I shall have a word with, with young Emma Bunton about that sort of thing on the television. Very unnecessary. Uh, Nadia Hussein's Britain's most popular TV show could actually improve when it arrives on Channel 4. She says, we can't just keep it the same forevermore. Who knows, it might even be better. She's working on a new project for the BBC, because once you work for the BBC, um, they actually keep you forever and a day, until you die there, unless you work on Radio 1, in which case you're in and out in about five seconds, which means that you really must be bad. You know, and to actually lose a job where they've got old men driving programmes. I mean, seriously, people die at the BBC, and they don't know. They have no idea. The sort of people, people go in there, and then they've sort of joined in the war years, and then it goes all the way through the career, and then all of a sudden somebody finds them working... You know, on sort of something like an old an old Radio 2 show or something like that. If, if, I don't think it's still going. And they go, good heavens, what, what did you did? I, I, I drove Jimmy Young's programme for 33 years. I go, right, OK, fine. <laughs> Who's after? They're so quaint, the BBC. Old-fashioned is another word for it. But once you're there, you, you can just blend into the background. Do you know Sussex University have, have banned Mr and Mrs or Mr and, and men and women? They, they think they just want uh, bland because it might offend transgender people. Why, why would transgender people be offended by that? You know, because if you're transgender, you want to be known as a woman or you want to be known as a man, depending on what you're transing into. So why would you be offended? You know, apparently, in the producer's old university, they had one gender-neutral toilet. I mean, God in heaven, what have we come to? What have we come to? Still, same university, it's still there, a transgender toilet. Oh. I don't want to share toilets. You know, I want to just go in, shut the door, and it's my little room. I don't want to share anything with anybody. I don't care what goes on outside of that room. I mean, you know, you can dress up as a pygmy in Borneo, as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't care less. I'm just not remotely interested in sort of people telling you about transitioning. It doesn't make any difference to me. It's, it's, it's a personal thing to that person, and that's why it works for them. But, you know, if you are transitioning, then you're... You're transitioning to a woman. You want to be known as a woman. You don't want to be known as some person transing in the middle summer. You want to be a woman. And I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, how many criminals are on the run, including murderers? 1,400, by the way. Just so I let you know there. Just in case the person you're standing next to. Ooh, scary. Uh, looks slightly odd. Uh, Robbie Williams using this cleansing gel. And uh, he was in a, a very small Westminster gig. Um, he's just getting on a bit now, isn't he, Robbie Williams? I mean, he, he was sort of doing all these sort of, you know, things. And then he had he put hand gel on. because He's obviously sl- slightly worried about his, uh, his fans being sort of maybe not as clean as the other people. Uh, how many people tuned in to watch the New Year's Eve fireworks in London on BBC One? 12.5 million last year, 11.6 million this year, which I think is good. That's good. And there's nearly 12 million people to watch fire. I know, well, the people don't have lives. And it's a case that uh, all, all these are probably BBC employees around, around the country. And uh, apparently a 12-minute spectacle, including a recording of Sadiq Khan announcing London is open and the late comedian Ronnie Corbett saying, well, good night from me. Um, that was it. And they had music by George Michael and David Bowie. And tens of, thousand pe- tens of thousands of people who hadn't seen fireworks before decided to go down there and obviously had a, obviously had a great time. So, uh, so brilliant, brilliant. M&S shoppers, you an M&S shopper? I am. Uh, they say basic goods up 15%. Well, I should go somewhere else then. I should go somewhere else. I don't. Uh, they said that um, one unnamed supplier told the Sunday Times that shelf prices for chocolate, confectionery, nuts, tea and coffee would rise by 8 to 10%. I should go somewhere else. 
Simple as that. Don't have to be don't have to be a Marks and Spencer's customer all your life. You can go elsewhere. That's the way it works, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So it's your bank holiday again. <laughs> I bet you're bored witless, aren't you, at home? You don't know what to do now. You've had so many days. It's lovely, but tomorrow you've got to gear yourself up for coming back into work again and trying to look happy and cheerful so that your boss goes, do you really want to be here? And you go, I don't want to be here. Quentin Letts, writing in the Daily Mail today, talks about um, uh, some tongue-in-cheek New Year resolutions for people you've heard of. For example, for, uh, for Diane Abbott, to stop texting when listening to speeches by her leader and ex-lover Jeremy Corbyn. She looks so bored. Uh, to Ed Balls, to keep off the pies, if he's to have any chance of fitting into that tutu for the, uh, the Strictly tour. John Burko, uh, Mr Squeaker, says he'll go next year, but why not retire early, says Quentin Letts. Uh, the nation would be so relieved to see the back of him. There'd be no difficulty pushing through an early retirement package for him and the always demure wife, Sally the Burke. Yes, we remember her so well, don't we? Russell Brand sends some flowers to the widow of Andrew Sachs, the late actor he so cruelly mocked. Oh, Russell Brand. <laughs> uh, Nick Clegg, to look back at his notes and ensure he was right when he said the Queen did not support Brexit. You wouldn't want to misrepresent events, would you, Nick? Hillary Clinton... Uh, deep breathing exercises every morning after waking up and realising with a wailing no that she really did lose to Donald Trump Yvette Cooper to take in a Syrian refugee as she said she would if she quietly did so it would confound her right wing doubters and put her in a brilliant position to succeed Jeremy Corbyn Uh, Jeremy Corbyn finally to take down the Fidel Castro poster in his bedroom Bob Geldof to stop auditioning for the role of foul mouthed Father Jack in any remake of Father Ted. You have to admit, though, he'd be a perfect replacement for the original star, the late Frank Kelly. Uh, Len Goodman, new teeth for the ex-Strictly Come Dancing judge. Uh, Paul Hollywood, an apology to Bake Off viewers and his former co-star Mary Berry might be in order after he helped bring about Channel 4's acquisition of the show from the BBC. Mick Jagger, is it not time for the old rubber lips, having just aged 73, spawned his eighth child to have the snip. Be a good idea, wouldn't it? Uh, Plus, um... What else do we have? Oh, Meghan Markle, Prince Harry's girlfriend, to practice the British way with the knife and fork whilst chowing down at the old house of Windsor. Gary Lineker, to stick to the night job rather than pontificating on everything from Brexit to child migrants. God, honestly, I mean, why you'd ever ask uh, him anything at all? Uh, John Prescott, to give up those buttery crumpets. Talk about putting on. To Salman Rushdie, stop writing now, please. And to Southern Rail Managers, to sell the company to somebody who actually knows how to run a railway. Plus, um, Arsene Wenger, to stop doing those devastatingly accurate Christine Lagarde impressions in post-match interviews. Does that mean something? doesn't mean anything to me at all. I don't even know what that one means, actually. And uh, Nicky Morgan, so rude about Theresa May's leather trousers... Uh, Tory wet an ex-cabinet minister. She needs to make sure she never shops anywhere more expensive than Primark or maybe Peacock's if <coughs> Primark doesn't have her size. Ooh, Quentin Letts. Quentin Letts. Hit the nail on the head. More of your texts and emails this morning. 84850. Steve. In fact, we've been very quiet on the texts and emails this morning. Very quiet. Don't tell me you're not awake this morning yet. Are you sort of are you, are you sort of with it this morning? You're lying there going, oh, my head still hurts from the day before. That's, a, that's what people complained about, isn't it? People complain. It's sort of yeah. Most people got no idea that it's Monday, Montag, today. Yesterday was Sontag, Sunday, and yesterday was a holiday, and today's a holiday, and then it's back to work tomorrow. So you should be apart for free today, but I'm not banking on it. 
then there's a 19-year-old migrant who got packed inside a suitcase. Uh, a Moroccan woman's arrested by the Spanish Civil Guard. And they open up the suitcase. And there's a 19-year-old man in there who had no room to move, but was, but was staying in there so he could be smuggled into the country. These people are so dumb, aren't they, really? And, uh, and Sheila. This is Sheila Hancock, who is 83. She shunned makeup. She says, the last film I did, which will be coming out soon, I wore no makeup at all. I meant to look old. And I said, well, I'm going to look old. Sorry. I think you get to that stage, ladies, where you just go, it's so tedious to actually keep putting on makeup, isn't it? You sort of sit there going, oh, should I put my... oh I can't be bothered. And when you look at these poor old biddies on, on Towie who trowel it on like there's no time. I mean, God knows we've seen poor old Gemma Collins without makeup. It's a frightening prospect. I mean, you could use her as the Wicked Witch of the West. Quite easily. Quite easily. Uh, students, stop referring to individuals as he or she until you're certain of the person's sex. This is from the brilliantly named University of Sussex Students' Union, who've introduced the rules in an effort to be more sensitive towards transgender people. I mean, how many have you got down there in Sussex? What is it? Like, sort of, veritable... I don't know. Um... Apparently, they want to be more sensitive. A gender-inclusive language policy, says students, should be invited to say how they wish to be referred to in meetings and emails from the outset. Why do you have to refer them to them as anything? And the reason being, it's insulting, isn't it? Isn't that, ins- that patronising to them? God help us, students patronising. Apparently, the rules say an individual whose gender identity is unknown should be fr- referred to as person rather than man or woman. God, blimey, honestly. If you're transgender, don't go anywhere near Sussex. They're mad as fruitcakes. Honestly. Listen, if you're a man who's transgender, and there's obviously loads down there if it's come up, um, you want to be referred to as a woman. You don't want to be referred to as somebody who's, who's transitioning. You want to be referred to as a woman. I'm a man. I was a man. Now I'm going to be a woman. Call me a woman. I dress as a woman. I've had hormone replacement therapy. I've done all sorts of things. That's it. Get on with it. Goodness sake, honestly, far too much time faffing around. Uh, the Albanian prisoners, my God, we've got so, out, so many Albanian crooks in our prisons at the moment. And here they all are, just in one prison, Guy's Marsh. Uh, they posted a bragging Christmas Day message as they tuck into their Christmas. They're having a whale of a time. Yeah, we can rob, we can thieve, we can beat people up. And here we are in prison. We're all together and it's fantastic. You know, having a lovely, lovely time. And uh, so what they, they've got here, they're, they're also the people in the prisons nowadays, who have, um, um, they have mobile phones. Nick Ferrari took a phone call from a prisoner who's actually in prison at the moment, smuggled in by a prison guard. Drugs get smuggled in to prisons by drones. They're carrying packets of Pringles up to the window. They take the thing up. They've got, I mean, shouldn't they, you know, can't, can't prisons cope with this? Obviously not. But the UK's cushiest jail picture in the paper today uh, the prison services are, uh, we will be investigating. Of course they will, because it's only been drawn to their attack. They haven't got the faintest idea what's going on. Really no idea. Oh, coming up very shortly, and I can't wait. It's the new pound coin, which has got so many sides. It doesn't come out till January. Uh, sorry, March, March. It comes out in March, which is very nice indeed. So that'll stop people trying to fit it. Because at the moment, there's so many of these pound coins which are fake but, of course, because there are so many of them, we just pass them on to other people. You don't have to worry about it. If you count out coins, somebody's not going to go, um, I think that's a fake. You might, if, if they're really bad fakes, well, then you would, you would probably do for that. UK supermarkets getting foreign aid. How does that work? How does that work? Sainsbury's 
Staff were flown to London from South Africa for a trip, part funded by the taxpayer. What the dickens is going on here? What do you mean? Sainsbury's? What, that super-rich supermarket? Good God. Amazing, isn't it, really? All the things that go on. You wait. One of these days, you're going to get your comeuppance on these sort of things. Also, knee jobs. People waiting uh, for hip and knee operations. Sought by 25% in just three years. And uh, the French staff. I love this story. When I first heard it, I loved it. And it's winning the right not to deal with emails out of office hours. How on earth do you ever get business done? I've got no idea. How on earth do you ever get... I mean, because you have to. Somebody sends you an email going, tomorrow morning you need to do this. If you don't get that till tomorrow morning, it might be too late. Might be too late. So, uh, but the, the French have got all sorts of things. You, you don't have to open it. And they only do 35 hours a week. They don't do any more than that. Which is, uh, yes, I mean, move to France. <laughs> Just think how different your life could be. Amazing. Coming up very shortly, the news at uh, five o'clock this morning. I'll try and work out what day it is. Uh, the victims of the Santa killer have been pictured. Uh, the artist behind Bambi has died. George Michael's boyfriend. Uh, we think he's had his tweets hacked, as it's claimed uh, that George tried to kill himself on many occasions. That would be the drugs talking, I would have thought. Uh, most of you want only fools and horses back on the television. Steps are back. Yeah. I mean, maybe not in the charts, but they but they could actually tour together, couldn't they? Uh, the migrants did fib about uh, the miners. A quarter were adults. And uh, Robin Hood's forest hideout under threat from hackers. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, Monday. It is Monday. But don't worry, you're not at work today. Oh, you'd forgotten. No, you're still on holiday. Still on holiday. And it's three minutes past five. I'm with you till... I nearly said ten, and I suddenly thought, what, another five hours? Even by my stretching, uh, that would be some going. Uh, in the uh, papers today, uh, the NHS won't treat this lady's scars. Uh, she's told by them it's cosmetic. The health chief who says, stay away from A&E unless it's life-threatening. Stop going there. Some people go there, oh, got a cold. Well, go to the chemist. Stop wasting everybody's time. It's not there for that. The mystery of the new iPhone, full of celebrities' numbers... And the M&S shoppers facing a price hike up to 15%. Boo. <laughs> we don't want things to go up. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, box sets are a turn-off. And Princess Anne says the Queen is on the mend, so that's good news. Plus, of course, the 14 garden villages and the 200,000 homes given the green light. Uh, I mentioned Robbie Williams earlier on because he was using hand cream at Central Hall, Westminster. It's not a very big venue, probably holds a couple of thousand people. And he was doing this, um, this uh, programme... And uh, uh, somebody said the singer's career had become the first death in 2017. What people tend to forget is Robbie is a, in inverted commas, personality. He was never a great singer. If you watch his, uh, his, his Nebworth concert, the crowd sing the show for him. The crowd sing the show. And uh, Twitter user Winter Sebastian. Winter Sebastian? Somebody's actually called Winter. I suppose you can be called Summer, can't you? Uh, first death in 2017, Robbie Williams murdering his own songs and career. Somebody says Robbie Williams' New Year's Eve performance, dire, out of tune and clearly drunk or high. Cringeworthy. <laughs> Poor old Robbie Williams, honestly. He's always going to get somebody, you're always going to get an internet troll go, oh, it was absolutely dreadful. Everybody else goes, we absolutely loved it. Because if you're a Robbie Williams fan, you couldn't really care less whether he can sing or not, would you? I mean, why, why would you worry about that? You don't need to worry about those sort of things. It's the fact that everybody wants to sing along with him, doing angels. He's offer And also, he's offering you protection. A lot of love and affection. 
you know, where, oh, doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, that's just what it is. And, you know, and down the waterfall, as I remember saying only the other week to myself, wherever it may take me. Uh, <laughs> and can you please do me a favour? Can you get me up the lyrics? Because somebody uh, made, made a big fuss yesterday. Uh, the lyrics to Jailhouse Rock, please. Because I said that Jailhouse Rock was the campus song that Elvis Presley ever recorded. Uh, written by Libra and Stoller. Uh, and we, we laughed the other day, OK? So here we were. Now, now listen to this very carefully. This is an all-male prison, OK? Libra and Stoller wrote Jailhouse Rock. All-male prison, it's all terribly butch and all the rest of it. The warden threw a party in the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard those knocked-out jailbirds sing. Spider Murphy played the tenor saxophone. Little Joe was blowing on the slide trombone. The drummer boy from Illinois went crash, boom, bang. The whole rhythm section was the Purple Gang. Let's rock, blah, blah, blah. Number 47 said to number three, you're the cutest jailbird I ever did see. Getting gayer, you have to admit. It's getting gayer. This is an all-male prison. I sure would be delighted with your company. Come on and do the jailhouse rock with me. The sad sack was sitting on a block of stone, way over in the corner, weeping all alone. The warden said, wait for it, hey, buddy, don't you be no square. If you can't find a partner, use a wooden chair. Shifty Henry said to Bugs, for heaven's sake, no one's looking, now's our chance to make a break. Bugsy turned to Shifty and he said, nix, nix, I want to stick around a while and get my kicks. Is that the campus song you have ever heard in your entire life? They reckoned that Presley didn't actually know what he was singing. But Lieber and Stoller had every idea. I mean, you cannot have somebody going, you know, everybody dancing and people weeping in the corner and the purple gang and you're the cutest little jailbird I ever did see. This is gay. This is gay. But uh, we don't think Elvis ever realised. OK, listen carefully. This is Butch. All right, here we go. Born through a party in the county jail The prison band was there and they began to wait it sounded butch, didn't it? I mean, you just, it looked butch. I think it, nobody ever realised, did they? I don't think people just thought about it. Lovely, thank you. Elvis Presley doing the, uh, the camp. You watch, you, you'll be doing that later on today. You'll be going, Steve Allen told us on LBC that, uh, that it's a camp song. And once you hear the lyrics, you know, you're the cutest little jailbird I ever did see. What does that mean? And the video is as camp as a Christmas tree. I mean, seriously. You know, Elvis Presley sort of, you know, doing pole dancing in a prison. You know, I don't want to complain about it, but, you know, and it's this sort of, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 sort of, he was very pretty, wasn't he, Elvis Presley? When you look at Presley, he was very pretty, but he sort of, he, it was that snarling. Mind you, Cliff Richard says that if it hadn't been Elvis Presley, there wouldn't have been Cliff Richard. But uh, this was definitely a very camp, men dancing together. You know, and nobody ever thought about it. They just thought it was a butcher. People thought rock and roll was like, yeah, that's really tough. Obviously not. Obviously not. In this prison, it was camp, camp, camp all the way, ladies and gentlemen. We were laughing going through Regent's Park yesterday, <laughs> singing the lyrics. 
Oh, dear. Robin says, I've only had one Christmas day off for the weekend, but not long period of rest. That's distribution for you. I know. It does seem, though, doesn't it? I mean, I uh, I shall um, I shall be sort of enjoying the rest of the day. And then I just think tomorrow we're sort of back into it. I think so. Well, that's what I'm think- thinking anyway. Uh, the new pound coin, says Patricia, uh, will be launched on your birthday in March. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I can't wait to see it, actually. I'm lo- I love the new fivers. 12-sided, that'll stop the uh, the people trying to uh, to duplicate it. Because the ones at the moment are quite easy. But 12-sided, they might have a bit more of a problem. But I bet they're trying. I bet they're trying. Uh, Wayne the Trolley Dolly is listening from Paris. Oh, tout à l'heure. Encore une fois, une, deux, trois, quatre, cinq. have to answer emails now. Yes, we, we don't have to. This, this one's out of working hours. We don't have to do that, do we? And, uh, and June says, I'm a spiker, despite working five days a week, nine to five, but I find naturally waking up at 4am now. Thank you. That's the way we like it. And Tracy says, you're helping me through my 20 minutes of Pilates. Isn't it boring? Isn't it? the wor- Would you not rather sit down and have peanut butter on toast? Hot buttered crumpets with Marmite on or something. That would be quite exciting, wouldn't it? I could quite happily go for hot buttered crumpets. George Michael, still in the news. His, uh, his boyfriend... Uh, in a storm over claims that George tried to take his own life. Now, I mean, we know, and it's no big secret, that George did um, spliffs, I think they're called. Uh, and he would do up to eight or nine a day. And he he was quite happy with that. But whether or not it affected the balance of his mind, I don't know. His uh, boyfriend has claimed that the stuff that's been written about online is has been hacked. So, in other words, it's not him writing it. Somebody has hacked into the account. And uh, he tried a number of times to kill himself many times. Finally, he managed. The only thing George wanted is to die. Why would he? He had a new boyfriend. Why would he be wanting to do that? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I really don't. Uh, Other stories of the paper, they're going to try and sex up Big Brother, mainly because the people are so devoid of personality. They might as well go cheapo, cheapo. And so they hope the new series will be the most X-rated in history. Um... Well, I mean, you have to watch a bunch of old has-beens. Apparently, uh, they reckon the more intimate sleeping spaces will encourage sex romps. And, and th- this is seen as good, is it? Why, why would that be seen as good? Am I obviously, in the wrong, I'm obviously on the wrong kind of thing here? They're obviously trying to copy Love Island, but they've managed to do it with a bunch of old bimbos and third-rate has-beens. Um, new series, The Beds Will Be Smaller... A clear indication they want to see the in, uh, the housemates getting close and encourage intimacy. Well, there's a lot of old bimbos who've slept around who are in there anyway. What's the, what's the difference? Might as well just put pornos in there. Apparently, Jasmine Walsh, who is the most X-rated CBB housemate in history. Last time she was, she was on the show, she flashed her boobs and romped in the bathroom. Callum Best and Bianca Gascoigne, who used to date, are also set to enter the house. Well, he passed it years ago. Bianca Gascoigne? Callum Best. God, blimey. Uh, apparently they had a steamy Love Island fling. Well, I mean, he'll sleep with most people, won't he? I don't think it was difficult. If you've been a notch on the bedpost of Callum Best, I'd keep it quiet. Uh, also, last year, Stephen Bear got it on with Playboy star Chloe Kahn. I think, really, she just makes porno films, doesn't she? I mean, it's gross-looking. Gross-looking. And um, despite having a girlfriend waiting for him... He's also rumoured to be lined up for the new series. And rapper Ray J, whose sex tape with Kim Kardashian put her on the map, is also set to be on the lineup. Somebody says there's a lot of potential for bedroom action. Yeah, but the ugliest people ever. Somebody who's had sex with Kim Kardashian. I'm going to be sick. 
Why on earth would you want to be interested in putting a Callum Best? I mean, Callum Best was past it when he thought he was not past it. And sort of wildcat CBB chief's Jasmine Waltz, hoping that she'll sort of try it on with everybody. Well, of course she will. That's what she is. Can't understand it. Why do they think this is a, a ratings winner? I don't, I don't quite get things like that. Perhaps, I, perhaps I've sort of missed the boat, as it were. Perhaps the whole idea of Celebrity Big Brother, I thought it was to put people together with uh, sort of, you know, different personalities so you can get a good old clash and a good old fight and people beat the heck out of each other. No, apparently not that at all. It's for sex. That's what you're watching. So are we really? Are we that desperate? Are we that shallow that we're really interested in a bunch of old has-beens climbing into each other's beds? I mean, why don't they just... i tell you what. Why don't we start the programme with no clothes on, OK? We'll all have a laugh at their uh, bodies. And then we'll just sort of wait for some action and that's it. Is that called Grinder or something? Is that a similar sort of thing? Ridiculous, isn't it? Johnny says, oh, the one who's thinking about Joe O'Meara in S Club 7 and Daniel Lloyd about Shilpa Shetty. I was trying to work out whether or not Shilpa Shetty came back into the business. She was she was billed as a Bollywood star, but in fact, I knew all about Bollywood films and I'd never heard of her. Perhaps she was the new breed. Then I think she met some bloke and promoted perfume. And I don't know where she is at the moment. She's sort of... She sort of kind of was, was in favour, then she went out of favour. Then she became sort of friends with Jade Goody. And then I think that actually sort of went a little bit a little bit awry. They took her over to India. I thought there was going to be a public stoning, to be quite honestly, of, of Jade Goody, who wasn't the brightest penny in the box, but also milks the fact that she was not the brightest penny in the box. That's what I think they did. John says, we, uh, we love you here. Thank you very much indeed for that. I like it. It's nice to be loved, isn't it? I mean, everybody wants to be loved at some particular moment in their life. Uh, Steve, hot buttered crumpets are very naughty, but very nice. If I had to answer my emails, she'll... Oh, right, Shilpa Shetty hosts reality shows in India. Wow. You, you tend to forget that the reality shows that we get here uh, sometimes pop up the other side of the world. And so you'll have the Indian version, which, of course, you had in that uh, in that great film of the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Slumdog Millionaire. That was lovely. Although the boy who starred in it, as you know now, has been around, he admitted he couldn't dance. I said, well, you made it look quite easy at the end. Uh, as uh, PAYE says, Mike, in Seven Oaks, if I had to answer the emails outside of contracted hours, I'd charge the firm for my time. Yes, it's very odd. This, this is what the, the French have just voted, that you don't have to answer emails uh, if it's out of office hours. And... Uh, Christine says, did you see the New Year concert from Vienna? It was terrific. No, and I did get, and I can't find it, actually. Um, I'll have to find it a little bit later. A friend of mine, as you know, over in uh, Paul Hollingdale, over in Vienna, he sent me a thing the other day. I think it must have been on New Year's Day, but I, I missed it because it came in a little bit late. And I think it's on the emails. Paul Hollingdale. If you can find it, it's, uh, it'll be uh, sort of wishing us all a merry... Oh, here it is. What's the time now? Quick. Oh, I tell you what, I'll take a short break and then I shall, uh, I shall do it. Okay, I shall read his uh, email. I should have done it a few days ago. It kind of got lost, Paul, in my in my system. So we'll come back to that in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Robbie Williams says Leslie was also using an auto cue to remember the lines to his own songs. Yeah, but that's nothing new. Loads of people use auto cue. Frank Sinatra used auto-cue to sing Strangers in the Night. You'd have thought he remembered it by that time, but he didn't. Uh, Trevor says, big thank you to all the police officers who kept us all safe on New Year's Eve. Yep. They gave up their uh, their holiday uh, so that you could have a, a nice time. 
Uh, Robert lives in Essex. He doesn't actually know where he is. He just thinks he's in Essex somewhere. Bless his heart. He says, Jailhouse Rock will never be the same again. The Sir Cliff interview was a triumph. Spiker for a year now. Good Lord, a year. Well, you wait till you've done 30 years. I've got people who've done 30 years before now. And I've even got some people who've done 35 years. 35 years. My friend Paul Hollingdale over in Vienna wrote to me uh, a few days ago, and I, I, it vanished into the system, I'm afraid. He says, um, Happy New Year from Vienna. Prosit Neue Jahr aus Wien. That'll be the worst pronunciation you've ever heard of German in your entire life. He says, uh, Most of us here getting ready to view the traditional New Year's Day concert with the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra performing at the Glittic, Glittering Musikverein. It's the 175th anniversary of the event. Screened in over 90 countries around the world to an audience of over 50 million. Julie Andrews is here to host her annual PBS show for America. Very cold here, but no snow at the moment. Lots of visitors have arrived to join the celebrations, fortified by various amounts of glue vine and punch. Can we expect a surprise visit from you in 2017? You never know, Paul. You never know. So I'm like one of those mysterious people. I just sort of pop up all over the place. But uh, a very happy New Year to you as uh, well. And yes, perhaps we could do, do the show from Austria. Perhaps we could have a little word with and say, listen, perhaps we could do something, uh, not in the middle of summer, because it's quite hot in Vienna in the middle of summer. Um, it's sort of something, something sort of a bit sort of seasonal. That'd be quite nice. And also, um, William Christopher died. Uh, he was the... He was the actor who played the priest in MASH. He died at the end of uh, the year. Actually, did you... Th- somebody very cruelly put something on um, on Twitter and it said the first celebrity death of the year, H from Steps. And what it was, was the letter H, which stands for hydrant, but it was it was next to something that looked like a grave. And so they had just this H, and that sort of got sent out to everybody, which was hilarious. I thought it was very funny. Because when I first read it, I didn't kind of get the gag, and then I got the gag. William Christopher played Father, what's his face, uh, Malkahi. He was also Private Lester Hummel on Gorma Pyle, USMC, which I don't remember at all. Um, He was born in Everston, Illinois. And uh, he was all over the place, actually. He participated in fencing. He was also initiated as a member of the Sigma Chi fraternity. Uh, met his wife on a blind date. They adopted two sons, John and Ned. And um, he died. So 60. He wasn't that old, was he? 65. That was very young. 80, oh, 84. So he, oh, sorry, years active, 65. Oh, blimey. Yes, he was born in 1932, 84. I never watched MASH. I must be one of the very few people. I didn't. I didn't get mash at all. I really didn't. It didn't. Didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I know the. What was the theme tune? That's right. Suicide is painless, wasn't it? And then the, I remember there was Hot Lips Houlihan, and there was a few other people in it. And that's all I know. I don't know anything else about it. It sort of. It came in before my time. I don't think my parents would have wanted me to watch it anyway. Um, He's also been in theatre. He's toured in The Odd Couple and stuff like that. His son, who has adopted Ned, has autism. Uh, devoted much of his better. That reminds me, there was a bloke who, when they were doing the, the goggle sprogs, there was a bloke on there and he was autistic. And they gave him a job. And the kids were really good. They were really, really good about, you know, oh, they were so pleased that somebody had sort of looked after him and things like that. And, and this bloke was autistic and he was saying to people, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I'm, I'm the same as you. I really am. And the kids kind of got it. Far, far, far more than adults, I think. Far more than, uh, 
than adults. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Prince Philip, he's out there. I'm sure that coat's way too big for him. I don't think he's, he's, he's wearing the right size coat. He needs to, to cut down, but he obviously wants a coat. He'll wrap it around me. The old woman's not very well. The old sniffles. A chew, a chew, a chew. Really, it's driving me mad. But uh, anyway, so I come to church, leave her to sniffle by herself. She's getting through hankies like the no tomorrow. Luckily, I bought her a box set for Christmas so she can uh, she can get through that as well. Uh, there's also the dispatcher's logging incident because the uh, the ambulance system went down. The ambulance system went down. So they had to log things by uh, by hand. Not so good, is it? Uh, one here. Can you give a... A mention to my late uh, partner. I have to check these these things. I can't just... i tell you for why. Uh, because uh, it might be somebody who's just um, sending something out. I don't know. Do you know that you can't just phone up a funeral director? And... Uh, or fell in... Sorry, you can't phone up a newspaper and put in a death notice. Because you might be doing it maliciously. It, it, it might happen. Like, it might not be, but because people don't know... Um, that's that's where it, it becomes a little bit difficult. You wouldn't want to sort of to say somebody's, you know, had their demise if it turns out that they haven't. So that's why it's always very difficult for things like that. Unless it's somebody, if it's a celebrity, that, that's different. Sally says they have to invite the lowest of the low. Who will jump into bed with each other on Big Brother? Otherwise, nobody will be watching. I just think it's a bit sad, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, you invite Callum Best onto something just so he can meet women. That's that's all it is. He doesn't he doesn't have any other talent, particularly not that I've ever discovered. Uh, there's also an ex-prisoner on life in our powder keg jails, and it's how they get in drugs. Uh, he said I'd hear the two a.m. buzz of drones at cell windows delivering drugs in tubes of Pringles. What they can actually open the windows in the cells? That's a bit worrying, isn't it? Really. Uh, there's also there's one of the nicest men around. This 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 man is is quite something. He's a former baggage handler. And uh, he's a self-made tycoon. His name is Ken Townsley. And he wants to give away a chunk of his £100 million fortune to help sick children. He set up uh, a company called Trident Travel more than 40 years ago. He sold out to Thomas Cook for £87 million. He lives in Florida, but he's never forgotten his hometown of Blackpool. And so he set up the Kentown Wizard Foundation to support charities. Brian House Children's Hospice gets 75 grand a year for two nurses. And Donna's Dream House uh, gets funds for a refurbishment. Uh, he's also given 200,000 to a medical mission in Somalia and 200,000 each to Make-A-Wish Foundation and Dreams Come True. Put 20 grand in the Rainbow Trust and he vows this is just the start. It's nice, isn't it? See, I would like to do that. That'd be me. I'd be wanting to do that. It's nice to see that uh, Curly's back again. Yes, Curly is back again for a man who's not touched alcohol for nearly 20 years. Kevin Kennedy admits his latest acting role is a bit of a test for us. Uh, Jimmy Dar in the Irish musical The Commitments. The former Corrie star is seen nursing a bitter at a down-of-heel Dublin pub every night. He says, I still find it hard on stage with a pint in my hand. It feels very foreign and odd to me, but thankfully it's only make-believe. There you go, Kevin Kennedy. Uh, who he looks exactly the same. There is he doesn't look any different, any different at all. I bumped into him a little while ago, and uh, he was in it was in Joe's. It, I think it was his wife who said hello. Actually, so it was quite nice. Is love in your stars for twenty seventeen? God, I do hope not. So they've got pictures of people like you know Cheryl and Leanne Payne. I mean, rivetingly dull, isn't it? Who cares? Has she not had the baby by now? I thought it would have been would have been born. 
Uh, and they've got different things back on the market. James McAvoy. Uh, of course, uh, Johnny Depp splitting from Amber Heard. Uh, also the Beckhams, like, anybody cares? I mean, they're obviously together. Who cares? I'm not, I'm not interested in reading about them. Who's that a picture of? That's a picture of um, uh, Liam Hemsworth and fiancé. Who's Liam Hemsworth? Is he an actor or something? Right, OK. Here's a picture of Harry Styles. Oh, he's, Aust oh, he's Australian, is he? Oh, right. His brother's more famous. His brother plays Thor in the films. OK. Will Harry Styles find romance this year? It's funny, isn't it? Ever since Harry disappeared off the radar and they were always linking him with all these girls which most of course were just fictitious you know all of a sudden they go will he find love this year what, what is there some i wasn't aware there was like a time scale on it but apparently justin toper who is justin toper jr because the other one died um sort of thinks that there could be uh, also chris martin has a new love uh pippa middleton they say will marry james matthews do you know, i tell you what i heard on the television the other day i heard william's wife talking kate She's ever so posh. She's ever so posh. She speaks ever, ever so well like that. And you think, blimey. That was a bit, bit of a turn up for the books. Uh, plus the lady in the paper today, who has large scars over her face and body, refused laser treatment on the NHS. They've said, no, it's, it's cosmetic. And she's, she's desperate, but they, they've said no. They put their foot down on it. Plus, I was watching one of those police programmes the other day, and they stopped somebody. They, they, they come up with it, the usual gobby ones. The woman standing by the side. What you pulled me for then? because it was her old man had been pulled, um, because the car didn't come up and then... And so they say to him, because he's obviously a bit of a thicko, they go, uh, when did you buy the, this car? He said, um, today. He hadn't, of course, been driving it for ages, and they knew that. And um, anyway, it turned out he was over the limit. And the wife's go, well, he's only had one pint. And of course, he hadn't. He was, he was twice the legal limit. Twice the legal limit. And, uh, and so they cart him off to the nick, and she's sort of gobbing off and all the rest of it. The police officers are laughing and sort of go, she's a bit gobby, isn't she, your old missus? I thought, why don't you just put down she's very common and she's driving with a drunk driver, a rather stupid person, I would have thought. They had a kid in the car as well. If he'd had an accident, they'd all have died. Then she'd be going, oh, well, of course, I did try to make him stop drinking. Do you know, some people now drink drivers seven times over the limit. You can't believe it, can you? Even in this day and age, we saw one the other day, yesterday, totally convinced, drunk as a skunk. But uh, where's the police car when you need it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, don't get out of bed, please. You don't need to stand up just because they announce it's Steve Allen on the radio. You don't need to do anything like that. You can stay in bed all day. Bless your heart, thank you. Bless your heart. Uh, apparently, the man from MASH who died was the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Was he? I thought that was a rather lugubrious voice he had there. I suppose it could have been, couldn't it? Ray the Cabby says the first four series of MASH were amazing and very funny. The next seven series were not. <laughs> I, never, I just never, I never, I never got into it. For some reason, I don't know why. I'll tell you the series I did like in America, Taxi, which brought us all sorts of interesting uh, people. I love Taxi, including Danny DeVito, who was one of my good guests this year. In fact, they've all been... We've had some great in-conversation guests. I'm pretty certain... What's today? Monday. I'm pretty certain Wednesday I've got... Is Tom Daly in on Wednesday? I can't remember what day of the week everybody's... You think it's tomorrow, do you? Oh, right, I'll have to check with the, with the producer. That's exciting, isn't it? Be our first one of the new year. First one of the new... What if he's made any New Year resolutions? I wonder. Uh, take that uh, cowl and copycat threat to Gary's show. Gary Barlow's got a, a show. Uh, Martin Kemp's going uh, to be on there as well. It's called Let It Shine. And I think they're looking for people to play Take That in a, in a musical. Whether or not it would work, I've got no idea. 
And it is going to be a, it's a, the brainchild of Barlow, who's searching for five young men to play the part of himself and all the other guys in the group. And uh, they'll have lots of people going through boot camp and everything else. Uh, there's also, apart from Gary Barlow, there's Danny Minogue, Martin Kemp, uh, Amber Riley, best known for her role as Mercedes Jones in Glee, will be a judge in the first stage of the competition and co-presented by uh, Graham Norton and Mel Gidroich. Oh, God, not Mel Gidroich again, please. And what, what has this woman ever done or deserved to inflict herself on the great British public? Uh, Gary Barlow's hoping the show will become a staple of Saturday night entertainment, uh, potentially undermining, I suppose, Cowell's uh, position as king of talent shows. Ooh, it'll be interesting, isn't it? I liked uh, Gary Barlow when he was on X Factor. Uh, because I, I thought... I mean, he did, he did three series. Simon Cowell branded him wooden and blamed him for a slump in the ratings. And there is no doubt in my mind, and it, this is not, a, this is not a, um, a criticism, but Gary Barlow is a bit dull on television. I mean, I, you know, he, I, I respect his talent. I understand everything about it. But as a, as a, as a judge, he, he was, that was really fantastic. And, it was, and I thought, you need to stick a rocket up his bottom to try and get him motivated. But, and that's why I'm not sure if Let It Shine will work. I don't know. We'll have to wait and uh, find out. But again, it'll be the same singers who you've seen a million times before, because you must have seen these people. Otherwise, they, you know, they've been living in a snail shell for the last God knows how many years. So we'll wait and see. The only good thing about Gary Barlow is he was honest with people. If they were rubbish, he would tell... If I was on that programme, I would have to say to people, I'm sorry, you can't sing. There's no point in sort of denying somebody it's not the case you know then we had that ridiculous chawner family you remember the chawners the whole family were vastly overweight and they had a punch up on the state ghastly revolting people really disgusting they had a show made about them they obviously thought they were something special then they fell out with their mother dragged her onto the jeremy kyle show and uh, they were just disgusting just disgusting but there again i suppose the world is made up of disgusting people they were they were absolutely awful uh caroline rice we don't often mention her in the paper. She's in the Express talking about Cheryl and uh, who was formerly Tweedy, uh, Cole and Fernandez Fasini has decided to keep it simple. She's just now known as Cheryl, which is fantastic. Won't make any difference. She still won't sell any more albums because unfortunately Cheryl's last outing into the uh, into the charts was the biggest disaster of all times. You know, even with promotion and, and all the other bits and pieces. Gary Barlow gets loads of coverage, as you can imagine, for this programme which is coming up. Do you know that the um, he and all the other guys were in a, a, a group called Kick It before they went for, for Take That? And uh, when you look back at them, how young they all were, Jason, Gary, Howard, Mark and Robbie... Uh, who'd have realised that uh, Robbie would go off the rails? Uh, Jason went and retired and just enjoyed the money. And the other people just kept going. Gary wrote uh, all sorts of hit songs, had a fallow period, and then, lo and behold, jumped back in again. And uh, and Robbie, who couldn't remember the um, the words to some of his songs when he was doing his New Year's Eve programme. He's sort of a little bit like David Walliams, isn't he? Robert, Robbie Williams... David Walliams, it's kind of, it's similar sort of names, and it's a case of, you know, they both think that they're absolutely fantastic, but they're maybe not as fantastic as they think they are. We always go, oh, Robbie Williams is great, he's got all this money. Yeah, but he's, he's not been in the charts for a little while. The album's good. A friend of mine loves the album. The album's actually great. Tony Bullimore uh, survived five days whilst capsized, so he's 78, and he's still sailing. He's still sailing. There's a lure, isn't there, for the sea? There is a lure. People want to go to the water and they want to, you know, I mean, I, I quite like the idea that I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to water. 
I was, I'm tempted to say because I'm Piscean and Piscean is the is the water sign, the fish. But uh, I don't I don't believe in that rubbish. But I, I do like water. I'm quite I'm strangely drawn to watching it. And I dreamt about a house the other day, not too far from where I am. I need to win a lot of money on the lottery to buy it, even if it's up for sale, which I don't think it is at the moment. Um, and, and I thought that'd be quite nice. And then you could have people round to sit in the garden and take afternoon tea with cucumber sandwiches. I've always wanted cucumber sandwiches. I've only ever had them once in my life, uh, which was very funny. Crook on the run today. Who's crook on the run? This is a, a guy called Ryan McTeague. Uh, he's been hunted since May for breaching the terms of his release from jail. Uh, robbery. Uh, Six-year sentence, part way through. Obviously enjoying himself in prison. Not. He was convicted of handling uh, stolen goods. Uh, bodybuilder McTeague has posted selfies at the Cheshire Dance Festival, uh, the Ibiza Carnival, Daisy Carnival at Milton Keynes. When his mugshots appeared on newspapers' Facebook pages of villains, McTeague comment, uh, commented, I don't appreciate being put in the same category as these people and I haven't committed an offence. He was found uh, guilty, though, of course. Some of these people have been on the run for years. and The, the, the police cannot find them. Um, there's another one here. The father of two... Uh, this is uh, Ali Jawad, died when he was hit with a metal bar outside a Coventry mobile phone shop. The father of two was ambushed outside uh, Benza Communications. His attackers escaped with his van and £13,000 worth of cargo. Greg Robertson, who hit Mr Jawad and Glenroy Blackstock, got eight years for manslaughter and robbery. Sean Mills, jailed for 11 years for manslaughter and robbery. Four others, including McTeague, Sent to prison for handling stolen goods. And now he's gone running about like a girl's blouse. They will find him. Now that people know what they're looking for, somebody will go, I think he's here. He's at another festival. And then he'll go back in and they'll increase the sentence. I love it, you know, when they ask, what are the things that you cannot live without? I could not live without my phone. That is about the only thing. I could live without a car. I could live without, well, obviously, in the place where I live, you know, that would be different. But if you're looking at normal things, um, I, I, I would say it would be the telephone. Top of my list would be the telephone, because without that, I couldn't talk to people. Without that, I wouldn't have anybody's phone numbers. Uh, and so Julia Bradbury uh, lives in London with her partner, who's called Gerard Cunningham, and their son, Zephyr, who's five. I know. I, th I thought that, too. Uh, 22-month-old twin daughters, Zena and Xanthi. Obviously going for all the uh, all the <laughs> names, aren't we? So Zephyr, Zena, Xanthi. Well, it's quite nice. I do like Julia Bradbury, actually. She's very funny. But uh, she suffers from something called endometriosis, which is uh, uh, very painful, she says, but it can make it hard to conceive. Uh, son Zephyr arrived when I was 40, so it's fair to say I came to motherhood pretty late. Uh, she likes reading. She must have thousands of books. My father used to love books, love books. He'd wander up and down the Charing Cross Road here in London going to bookshops. She says, I'm a book hoarder. Uh, unless something is trashy or uninspiring, I can't bear to throw it away. Uh, she's also taken part in a documentary called Famous, Rich and Homeless. My challenge was to spend a week on the streets of London with only my wits and a sleeping bag. Not been sleeping by the Garrick Theatre, have you, dear, by an estranged man? She says, also, I live a very balanced life, so I've been seeing a reflexologist for years, and I feel fantastic. Having written books on the subject and presented both Country File and Best Walks with a View, uh, she says, it's been an integral part of my life, this walking. Grew up in Derbyshire, and uh, she says, I like to do 10,000 steps every day. Wow. That's nice, isn't it? 
I think that's very, I think that's very good. I'm very, very jealous of people who can do that. But, but you would probably all be quite surprised if you fitted one of those little things to you to discover how many paces you walked every day, how many steps you did every day. And uh, as I say, some days you have better days at walking, don't you? If you, if you find it difficult walking, you have to walk. I mean, you look at Prince Philip, all the pictures of the paper. Has he got a cane, a stick? No. He's 95. He's 95. The bloke who did the, um, the cartoons for Walt, Walt Disney, he was 106, I think. He, I'm sure he was 106. He was, he was sort of a most amazing man who uh, was sort of taken under the wing of Walt Disney. Uh, he did a lot of the pictures for Bambi. And, of course, Bambi was very sad, as films go, very, very sad. But uh, I'm sure he was about 106. Whatever it was, I thought, blimey, 106 again. Uh, Sal says toilet rolls. Couldn't live without toilet rolls. Oh, you could actually just do wet wipes. The same. Here is this man. His name's uh, Tyrus Wong. 106, I was right. And um, he was surrounded uh, by his loving daughters, Kim K and uh, Tai Ling. Moved to America in 1919, and he also did sketches. Because in the early days, in the early days of cartooning, not now, uh, it was all hand-drawn. Hand-drawn, and to have any of those uh, cells is quite something. I have a few cells, not something as expensive as that. But if, if you go online, you, you can find some of these original drawings for things. And, um, and it was, they were absolutely lovely. I mean, the Walt Disney Family Museum... He was the one who did pictures of a, a deer in a forest. I wish I could. I can't draw for toffee. I'd love to be able to draw. Wouldn't you love to be able to draw? You look at the pictures of Bambi. And a friend of mine owns the Animation Art Gallery uh, in London. So he does lots of those sort of things. And some of them, they go up to about £20,000. If you've got an original cell, one out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures that would have been used there. But they go for serious. Because what they did, they threw them away. After they'd done the, the drawing, nobody thought of keeping them. So they would throw them away and then they'd just go and be destroyed. They were writing on and drawing on uh, cellophane and stuff like that. And, uh, and that's why uh, a lot of them didn't survive. They, uh, because they, they dried out and cracked and then they fell apart. So to get any of these things, I've got a couple actually. I've got some from, what have I got? I've got some from Wallace and Gromit. I've got some seri cells up from those. But they were done on a computer. So once you've actually got the first drawing, then the computer can duplicate it and do, do the whole thing. And that's why animation has moved in completely different directions from the early days of, of Walt Disney and Bambi and Steamboat Willie and stuff like that. But you look at these, these pictures and you think, God, I mean, even looking at a pool of water, you know it's a pool of water and yet you just know it's blurry bits of paint. But it's because Bambi, the mother, dies quite quite quickly in it. Have you not, have you not seen it? Oh, we did ruin Bambi, Steve. And it came out in the 1950s, didn't it? Or 40... When did... Yes, yes. I'm not going to spoil The Lion King. I remember seeing that the first time I ever saw it, actually. I thought it was great. Uh, apparently, how much does Disney make through the death of Carrie Fisher? £41 million. Pounds. You know why? Because they take out insurance on somebody so they can finish a movie. And so she finished her scenes for the next instalment, Star Wars Episode 8, but will now not be able to appear in the ninth movie in which she was meant to have a major role in. So, of course, it's quite easy to say that, isn't it? Yes, Peter Cushing was in uh, The One Before Christmas. But uh, so because she died, they've got an insurance claim on it, so they could get up to 
40, what do we say, 41 million pounds. I mean, I think Disney bought Lucasfilm for 2.5 billion. Did you see that the, who is it, Poland, did they buy loads of art? Should have been 2 billion. They got it for something like 50 million pounds. Thousands and thousands of piece of art. I never understand art. I'm always the world. It's no good asking me anything about art. I don't know anything about it at all. I've just got this idea that uh, that some things look like things, and then you've got these bizarre things called cubism and, and everything, which I don't understand. Picasso, I never quite understood. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, okay, you know, but pff, whatever. Uh, Ian says I couldn't live without my uh, about my iPad as well as the iPhone. One is the wife's, the other is the mistress. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea, actually. See, I, I could live without my iPad. I could, I could probably live without my computer. I could probably live, and I've got um, it's an Apple. I don't know what it is. I've got no idea. It's an Apple, and uh, and I probably couldn't live without that. But I couldn't live without my my telephone. My telephone is my lifeline. Absolutely a lifeline. It's because it's got everything on there. Everybody's um, photos and everything, and da 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 da. I love that John has written to say I'm a, a stand-up comedian. Well, that's nice, actually. I'm getting a lot of presenters following me at the moment. Don't. OK, I don't know why people start following me. Uh, who was it this one? I read, was it Lee Baldry? Or was it somebody else who was saying they're going to choose their friends a bit more, more carefully? Uh, Kevin Hughes. We love Kevin Hughes. And, uh, good Lord, uh, Peter Bowes is tweeting about Mariah Carey's uh, Rocking Christmas or whatever it is. And uh, Chris Golds was all over the place the other day, all over the place. He was down in, I forgot to, did we get any coverage on the New Year's Day parade? Did they do it on our sister station? I think, no, I do love the New Year's Day parade. I might have to go online later on and just check and see if there's uh, anything going on with that one. And uh, a lot of people retweeted me, including David Emmanuel. That's quite nice, isn't it? I had to explain to the producer who David Emmanuel was. I just said Diana wedding dress. OK, couturier, things like that. You've seen him on loads of programmes on the television. He's been on that. Um, uh, there was one programme that David Emmanuel was on a short while ago. Did he do that? Um, he didn't do the Mumbai Hotel. He's not old enough for that, is he? What did he do? What did he do? Uh, the Langham is replying to uh, my friend Jordan. Uh, so they're going to be uh, looking at that later, which is quite nice. That's I do like a happy ending on a on a sort of a particular thing. Yeah, he did. Um, he said uh, he was on. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. He came runner up to Kean Egan and he does this show. Say yes to the dress. UK 40 episodes. Series one. Series one. He was married then to uh, Elizabeth Manuel. He's Welsh. Oh, that's why he likes this programme, because he, he was brought up in Bredgend in Glamorgan, speaking Welsh as his first language. He attended uh, Portcall Secondary School, excelled in music and art, and became, became head choir boy at the local church. I think everybody in Wales sings, don't they? Is there anybody in Wales who doesn't sing? Put your hand up now, please. I'm, I'm totally convinced that people do. I remember getting off at Paddington Station some years ago, and I was wandering around, waiting for my uh, train out to somewhere else, and a male voice choir from the Valleys was on the station, all their very smart men in the blazers with a little emblazoned thing on there and everybody, and they started singing. And in that great cavernous hall of Paddington Station with the beautiful acoustics, they sounded brilliant. It was absolutely wonderful. It was the best thing I'd uh, heard in ages. Always leaves a, a lasting impression, doesn't it? Makes you smile. 
If something makes you smile, that's got to be good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I have to look at my clock today. We had a bit of a breakdown in the studio and I have a, uh, a big screen in front of me, which you can't see unless you're listening in stereo, in which case you probably can. And it normally has, it's got a clock on it and it's got all the different uh, ad breaks and things for all the different uh, things, that three different ad breaks that go out. And because it's broken and because there's nobody in till tomorrow, I'll just sort it out. All I've got is a nice big clock in here. So I can tell you it's 0552, which is all very exciting, which means it's coming up to six o'clock, sort of. But I'm missing the ad breaks. I miss seeing how long the ad break is. So I have to keep asking each, each time. I have to go, how long is this ad break? They go, one minute 52. Because I'm looking for the three-minute ad break. Three minutes, I can get down, make a cup of coffee, go to the toilet and come back in again in time for the last bit of the programme. So, and I never know how long the news bulletins are on the hour. I really, are they three minutes or two minutes? Between two and a half and three. I'm going to run like Billio this morning. I'm going to have to run, 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 run as fast as my little legs will uh, will carry me. Uh, the front page of the Daily Star today. They've got this story about George Michael. A few other papers are, are running with it. But I, I think that uh, Faddy's account has been hacked by somebody because um, they're, they're saying George killed himself. Well, they would have found that on the autopsy, on the first autopsy. They're, they're generally very, um, very sort of... In, in touch with, you know, how somebody dies. They wouldn't have missed something like that. David Emmanuel's just, he's obviously listening at the moment because he's just just come back on to me again. <laughs> isn't radio funny, David? Isn't it the funniest thing ever? Isn't it the most bizarre thing? I've, I've, I've been out listening to the, uh, to the radio and, uh, and somebody's, like the other day, Andrew Castle, mention Steve Allen. I can't remember why he mentioned me. There was some there was some reason why he mentioned me. About, oh, that's right. When they were talking about the award ceremonies and everything else. And uh, and he said, oh, is that Steve Allen should have an award. And I thought, no, I think I'd probably be like Lynn Folds Wood. I'd probably turn it down. And then a friend of mine said, no, you wouldn't. I said, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether you should actually get an award for doing a job that you get paid for. You know, it's different if you've been out there and you've saved lives in Sudan or you've taken, you know, refugees in or you've done something like that. But if you just sit here doing a radio programme, I don't think you should really get something for that. Although, on the other hand, I might change my mind if it came, but it's, it's not going to happen, so it doesn't make any difference. Yes, yeah, I close my eyes? Arise, Sir Steve. How does that sound? I think, and, and knowing me, I think I'd fall over. If I close my eyes and, and the Queen knighted me, or at worst, one of Andrew's daughters, I think I would fall over. I think there would definitely be that falling over occasion. And uh, Anna says, I couldn't live without my electric wheelchair. I had dresses made by David Emmanuel. Well, you're in good company because there's loads of people. David makes very expensive dresses and he's just said good morning and a happy new year at Steve Allen's show, hashtag 4am spike. Do you know, I tell you the one thing I also get, David, I get loads of people who work in... Uh, the kitchens of top restaurants and things like that. I get more she- works in kitchen. What are we talking about? Chefs, more chefs listening to this program and other radio presenters than anything else. And now we've got David Emmanuel on board, which is lovely. Thank you. Uh, from Stephen Swindon, Swindon, Swindon. Unfortunately, I've only ever been to Swindon once. I raced through it as quickly as possible. I didn't want to hang around there too much. He says, I could never get into MASH either. Used to love watching Rowan and Martin's laughing with a young Goldie Horn, Dean Martin. Loved your interviews over Christmas. We had such a good lot of people over Christmas. There were so many really good names. I know that we, um, that we had to rerun uh, Debbie Reynolds, mainly because 
and I think David Emmanuel would agree, she's she's the last, really, at the end of a big, long line of big Hollywood stars. There's not that many left. You know, when she was name-dropping, and <laughs> she did name-drop, I mean, she name-dropped better than anybody I've ever, ever known. But all I kept sitting there was, and I was, I was so close to her, literally within four feet, all I kept thinking was, it's Debbie Reynolds. She's... She's danced with Gene Kelly. It's Debbie Reynolds. And you pinch yourself because you've only ever seen these people up there on the big screen. You've only ever read about them. And when, you know, I get the opportunity to talk to some really fantastic people, you kind of sometimes people say to me, are you really talking? You go, yeah. And I've become a little bit blasé because I talk to a lot of people in the course of a year. You can work it out. It's 52 weeks in the year. I'm going to be talking to about 70 celebrities, something like that. And because uh, we've still got a couple that we haven't run from last year. I don't know whether we're going to one of them. We're, we're not sure, actually. I can't tell you who it is. There's, there's, a, there's a specific reason uh, why we might not be running one of these interviews, which is a shame because I like the person an awful lot. But when you, you get the opportunity and I can't think out of all the people I spoke to last year, who was sort of the biggest? Because I, I, I'll mention to friends of mine, I say, oh, so-and-so's come in. I don't know. Really? And they get Ron Howard. Ron Howard was Danny DeVito. You see, Ron, Dan, Ron Howard was absolutely delightful. And, and I'd so wanted to talk to him. And I so wanted, and he was so charming. I mean, he was just, and I remember sitting there, and the, the producer, Mark, is sort of, he's always trying to get muscle in on the act. I told you the other day, he's always trying, oh, could I have a, a picture, please? And I could, get away, get away from him. Don't go anywhere near him. He's a celebrity. And so um, we had these sort of pictures taken with Ron Howard, who was just. Lovely, and I thought, it's so odd when you meet somebody you've grown up with. And I'm trying to think who is on my, my wish list for this year. I'll tell you who I would like to talk to. I'd like to talk to Bruce Forsyth. That's what I would like to do. Whether it's possible or not, I don't know. But he is a man who's been around the business a long, long time. I would like to do that. that inter- God, I nearly said the final interview, uh, which makes it sound bad. But I, w- I would love to talk to him because he's done so much. He's done so- Who's that? Oh, that's Brian Cranston. Yeah, Mark. Mark posts all these pictures. Look at this. He's, he's with people he sh- with Mr. Sulu and everything else. He was doing Live Long and Prosper. He was doing the hand things and everything else. Him and Daniel Rad. I've got to put a stop to this, I tell you. That's him and Ricky Gervais. It's ri- it's getting, he puts all these up on his Facebook pages. Him and Leslie Grantham. Who else has he put up there? Oh, goodness me. Has he put up? He's not put her up as well. Oh, it's just ridiculous. There's nobody that he's... All these are my guests. All my guests and the producers muscled in on it. Who's that? Oh, right. I'd forgotten, actually. Do you know, we, we, we had so many, so many really good pictures. Oh, dear. Look at these good pictures. That was the one everybody raved over. My friends were raving over that man. Eric Stone Street. And going, you didn't talk to him. I said, yes, I did. I did. We, we, we talked to some fantastic people. Look at me, I'm name-dropping now, getting even worse. Let's just look at my, at my producer's uh, pictures. But I'm stopping that this year. I'm going to have to make sure he goes out the studio. Pictures taken with like he knows them. Like he knows them, ladies and gentlemen. It's outrageous. Anyway, coming up to the news at six o'clock this morning. I didn't realise he'd had so many pictures taken with him. Literally, it's every single guest that comes in. And he does it, and I can see him doing it. I'll have a picture taken with him, which goes on the, on the website. And he'll go, um, would, would you mind if... He's, he's quite humble and subservient about it. Would you mind if I have a picture taken? So he's got loads of them, which he puts up on his, on his Facebook page, doesn't he? 
And Twitter as well. God, there's no way. Even I don't put the pictures up on Twitter. Even I don't. OK, uh, what have we got? Oh, we got the news at six o'clock coming up. Robin Hood's forest hideout under threat from hackers. Stay away from A&E, says a health chief, unless it's, unless it's life-threatening. And um, some New Year resolutions for those in the news and the M&S shoppers. Prices going up. Not good news, is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday. Yes, I know we've all had one of those sort of weeks or week and a half or two weeks for many of you where you haven't really realised what day of the week it is because you haven't needed to bother. Uh, So we've had the January sales. Are they still going on? I mean, everything was open yesterday. Selfridges was open and all the usual sort of places which you thought would have been closed. And now it's Monday, the 2nd of January. It's another holiday. And so most of you will go back to work tomorrow. That's going to be a shock, isn't it? All of a sudden, back onto the trains, back onto... Out the way, pushing left, right and centre. Oh, God, are we there? And all the other presenters are back tomorrow because most of them have been away. Seriously, there's only been about me and Darren Adam who've been here over the festive season. But when I say sort of... I mean, even he wasn't on last night. Matt was on last night. And um, and you think to yourself, all these people, they disappear off. I mean, uh, Nick's been off. O'Brien's been off. Sheila Fogarty's been off. Ian Dale's been off. Clive Bull's been off. I've never known so many people. How have they fiddled that? Was Clive back yesterday evening? Oh, that's OK. But I'm definitely sorting out the, the, the producer of Ring Conversation. We'll have to change that, honestly. Never known anyone. He does it in such a way. Would it be possible to have it? They've never turned him down yet. Never turned him down for a photo. So, he, Well, one did, yes. So we, uh, so we sorted that one out. Uh, even I didn't get a picture with this one person either, which is very odd. It's odd, that, isn't it, really? Some people, I mean, 99.9% of people are absolutely fine. The funny thing is, I've had pictures taken with, but I don't keep them because they, they just go onto the LBC website. So I don't, he puts them on his Twitter feed. He's dreadful, honestly. He really is appalling. I've got to, I've got to stop him doing it because he's obviously telling all his friends, oh, I know these people. They're my close friends and all. And they're not. They come in to talk to me. They don't see, yeah, he, he met Brian Cratt. Then he puts quotes up about it afterwards. It said that he's got me and me and Cliff. Who's that? Oh, Larry Lab, bless him. Honestly, that was lovely. Oh, that's lovely, Charlie, from uh, from Half a Sixpence. He looks a little bit thinner than I when you see the picture. Oh, that's a nice. Oh, that's a lovely picture, isn't it? That's a nice picture. Felicity Jones, she was lovely, and uh, Katie Melua. Gorgeous album, gorgeous album. In fact, I'm just running through most of my things here. Matt Matthew Bourne, an absolute charmer, absolute charmer. And uh, Ken Hom, brilliant conversation with Ken Hom we had. Who went to see Half a Six? Where did that come from, that picture? Oh, Mark went to see Half a Sixpence. The producer goes to see Half a Sixpence. That's a good picture. Monty Don, that was a... We had to move studios three times for poor Monty. Marcus Waring, really, really lovely, really lovely. Martin Kemp, sickening. Oh, look, I look fat there. I keep saying to him in all these photos, listen, think thin. You know, if you're having pictures taken with celebrities and they're, they're better looking. Richard Hammond, you know, look, I try to look all... Ca- I just look as I'm slightly remedial. I was looking slightly not there at all, you know. And, and, and even Darren Brown looks... I don't know what I was... I was having a bad day, I think. I looked very peculiar in that one. Uh, Nadia Sawala, glorious, glorious. I've got to work out my look, I think. And um, Luke, Luke Treadaway... Star of that, you know, the film The Street Cat named Bob. Look how slim he is compared to... I've got to lose weight this year. And uh, and really, Davina McCall, who is just... Oh, that's interesting. Could you go back? Go back? Oh, sorry, I was just looking... <laughs> he's, he's, 
Oh, we're on the LBC account. Oh, OK, that's why I wonder why we're following certain people. Uh, Brian Cranston, Superman. What a good-looking man he was. What a good-looking man he was. And um, uh, we've got Ron Howard, Brenda Blethin. She turns out to be a listener as well. We're so excited. We met Ron Howard was just, just charming. Danny DeVito oh, is one of my shirts. Uh, Danny DeVito was was absolutely wonderful. How do they get on there? What are these people doing there? A picture of Nick Ferrari and oh, it's Clive's last day and uh, and James O'Brien. Nick Ferrari takes sickeningly good pictures, doesn't he? I can't work this one out. I've got to, I've got to rearrange my my face or something this year. And uh, George Takei. From Star Trek. I still couldn't do it. Mark, look, he's muscling in on it. Mark is... I'm barely in the photo with the guest I'm talking to on my programme. Yes, if you want to see more of them, Mark Randall on on Twitter. Catch him while he's there. And um, Lee Mead. Sickeningly good looking. And um, uh, we were talking about uh, David Bowie with Leslie Ann Jones. Novelist, broadcaster. Really loved... Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, just... Uh, Jane Seymour looked lovely. And uh, and Sam Neill. God, God, we've had some names, haven't we? Jilly Cooper, always charming, always lovely. Nick Knowles, again, all his programmes on over Christmas, fantastic. Leslie Grantham. I didn't realise I said Ricky Gervais. He was good, good value. Uh, Louis de Bernier, again, really stunning. And... Um, and uh, Hunter Davis, Beverly Knight, charming as always. Hunter Davis was gorgeous, really lovely. And uh, and Tom Ellis, Tom again, some really good. I'm definitely going on a diet. <laughs> definitely, we've had some really good names actually, really good names. And of course, there's another name on there, Steve Allen. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg was great. We had we had a really good time. And. Uh, and Richard Jones, the magician. Do you remember? Look how sickeningly good looking. I only, I obviously, I've got a thing in my contract. Only interview people who are ten times better looking than you are. And uh, and that's the way it seems to have gone, actually. That's the way it seems to have gone. And uh, Barry Humphreys. We had such a chat with Barry Humphreys. We really did. We really had such a chat. Really, really nice people. Warwick, oh, look at the picture of Warwick Davis. He's barely on the picture. <laughs> He's one of my favourites. He's just lovely. Really, Ray Liotta, I think this is the way they pronounce it in America. Ray, I, I pronounce it Ray Liotta. You know that if if you, what was the line? If you, something, they will come. Which we had to, I asked him if he'd say it for James O'Brien. When I said to him originally, we, we'd done this interview and it, it went really, really well. Really, I mean, even, you know, you have an interview, well, you probably don't, but you have interviews and they go really, really well. And uh, I said to him at the end, I said, oh, thank you. I said, oh, would you record this, uh, this little bit for one of our other shows? And he went, absolutely not. And I said, and I thought, oh, no, this is giving, he said, of course I will. Of course I will. I said, yeah, this is really odd, so and so, so if you build it, they will come. And, and I, I thought, that's the mark of it. That was If you've never seen the film Field of Dreams, go get it today. Go get it today. Make yourself cry. Make yourself... It's a good, it's a good weepy thing. It's, I can't describe it to you, but it's, it's very powerful. It's very nice. And yes, yes, who are we going to have this year for In Conversation? Well, apart from Tom Daly in We Think Tomorrow... I should find out later on today. Uh, I don't know. The world, as they say, is our lobster. Who said that? Somebody who said that. Talking about things you couldn't live without. Uh, Chris says, I couldn't live without cheese on toast. 
or Green King IPA? <laughs> cheese on toast. Do you know, I've not had cheese on toast for, for many a year now, mainly because it's just too addictive. Seriously, I mean, you cannot just have, can you? Come on, be honest. One piece of cheese on toast. It's not possible. You've got to have at least, at least four pieces of cheese on toast. But I can't do it. I just, I feel guilty thinking about it. I really do. Happy New Year, uh, says Wendy. Uh, saw you at the Magic Circle a couple of weeks ago. Everybody, we, we were analysing that the other day. Excuse me, just a slurp. Of, I think this is tea. I put this tea bag in this cup and I'm not sure whether or not it is actually tea. Might not be, actually. This might not be. Oh, dear. I'm not sure what that is. It was a very small tea bag, and it's and I put it in the cup and added some water. And I'm now looking at it. I mean, is it supposed to be moving? Is that is that the way that tea bags operate now? This one's swimming around the cup. Very odd. It's a very small tea bag. It's always, like, made for little people. Obviously me. And uh, can you mention that John Lennon's amazing psychedelic eye, all 15 feet, 7 inches by 5 foot 1 inch mosaic, can be seen free at the V&A's Major Revolution exhibition now until February when it leaves to go on tour. Made up of 14,000 small tiles. Is it really? Good Lord, honestly. Things we learn on this programme, ladies and gentlemen. And that's from... Uh, uh, it's going on uh, tour... Uh, it should be seen at the V&A before the end of February. Rare opportunity. That's from Bernie Cochran, who owns it. Bernie, thank you very much. John Lennon's amazing psychedelic eye. 15 feet, 7 inches by 5 foot 1 inch mosaic. 14,000 small tiles. Bernie, nice to hear from you. Thank you. And a very happy new year to you as well. What's it worth? What's it, or is it, uh, is it one of those you can't, you can't calculate the value of something like that? I'm going to find out, actually. This is the advantage nowadays, isn't it? When you, when you have a radio programme. Years ago, you, you didn't have the information at your fingertips. Uh, you know, you had to go and get references. And so, what do we think it's worth? Really? Andrew Castle's writing to me. What, at this time of the morning? What's he saying? What's he saying? Has he, has he been, uh, has he been uh, admonished by somebody or something? Something happened? We were talking about Andrew Carl. He's going to be here for breakfast this morning, incidentally. He says, I bet... No. No. I knew knew he'd pick up on this one. I knew this would be in. He said, I've been in over Christmas, stroke New Year. You... Then he says a rude word, which I cannot repeat on the programme because my mother would have admonished me something chronic. Yes, no, what I was talking about is sort of us us seven-day-a-week people who are in all over Christmas. So, in fact, everything's changed because today is not one of your days, is it? You see, so, so today is, is an extra day for you. I knew I'd get into trouble. I just knew it was going to be one of those days. I'm going to have to walk out of here, hold my hands out, and we'll be going like that, and I'll be in trouble again. Steve Allen and trouble kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Uh, but yes, Andrew Castle's been here every day. <laughs> Wasn't that good, though, about uh, Linfold's Wood? I thought so. I thought so. Because when John mentioned it, her husband... Um, I thought it was some time ago she turned it down. Didn't realise it was this year round. Had no idea. So, um, so that was good. Uh, kids of obese parents are slow learners. Um, what was the other one? Oh yes, the the migrants. Apparently, uh, one child who claimed to be thirteen turned out to be twenty nine. Twenty nine, which we knew first time round. People, I remember people talking on LBC going, "No, they just look a little bit older because of what they've been through." No, 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 they were lying. We're lying. Don't underestimate the intelligence, please. Uh, Robbie Williams is loving hand gel instead. And down the waterfall, etc. And Robin Hood's hideout is under threat from 
I think it's fracking. It's fracking where they start stopping people doing things. Robin Hood's hideout, drilling for oil, is a, is a tree in Sherwood Forest. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it cannot have been Robin Hood hideout. You know why? There's big signs everywhere. Robin's hideout. How would that be? You know, they just go, let's go and find Robin Hood in Sherwood Forest. He'll be in his hideout down the road, which is signpost, you know, car park here. And it's a hollowed out, very, very old tree where Robin used to hide. But as I say, everybody knew where it was. So they just go straight to the tree. And now they actually say that that's what, what people do. They're going to go fracking around the tree. Well, you fracking don't round the tree. You mustn't do that at all. That's terrible. Mick says, I've now had to put cheese on toast under the grill. I oh, know. I'm sorry about that. It's a bit addictive. I'll tell you what I do like. <laughs> First of all, I get um, toast. I have to start with toast for cheese on toast. And then I put the cheese on the top. Sometimes when I'm feeling particularly naughty, I'll either put salad cream or Thousand Island dressing on it, or real mayonnaise, then put the cheese over the top of that because it kind of goes well together. And then a big dollop of Branston pickle on the top and spread that over the, over the cheese as well. That's particularly nice. Unfortunately, when you bite into it, be very careful because it will take the roof of your mouth off because it's boiling hot, like I did with the mini chicken Kiev. Do you remember when I bit into one without realising and the hot melted garlic butter dropped onto my chest while I nearly leapt through the ceiling. The cat went mad. And I haven't even got a cat. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. 6.20 is the time. Andrew Castle, very busy over Christmas and uh, New Year. We'll be uh, with you this morning for breakfast. More than happy to point that out. God, honestly. <laughs> I forgot who else was here. So that psychedelic eye... At the V&A's major revolution exhibition. Uh, now, only until February. Bernie, uh, thank you very much indeed. So I hope people go and see that. I love the V&A. I love it. It's one of my favourite museums. In fact, I'm uh, a member of the V&A. I keep letting it lapse and then they get a good exhibition and I have to rejoin again because it means you can go as many times as you like. So that's uh, brilliant. And uh, this, uh, this piece uh, uh, was from when he lived at the Weybridge House between 64 and 68 Heyday of Beatlemania. Actually, I tell you, who died the other day a Beatles manager, the Beatles manager who was prior to uh, to when they sort of went big, 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 and uh, he was uh, this this psychedelic eye thought to be worth millions of pounds. <laughs> I like that idea. I wish I, I wish I found a piece of art that was worth millions of pounds. Alan Williams was the guy who died, and he was the manager before Brian Epstein. He only just died, whereas Brian Epstein died. Years and years ago, didn't he, in the 60s? That was amazing. I was thinking, there's somebody I'd have loved to have talked to. Love to have talked to you. Meet all these, you know, different people through the years and, and you sort of see them and you think, I'd love to actually talk to these uh, people because they've got a story to tell. Everybody's got a story to tell. And that's what I like. I've always said you can go and sit in a bus stop and, uh, and you can find out somebody, something about people. You see them sitting there and you look at them and you think, you, you've got history. You've got definitely history. Uh, Steve, you work too hard. You need a holiday, says Ian, the posh bit of Stevenage. Now, stop fibbing. There is no posh bit of Stevenage, as you well know. Uh, I've probably seen Field of Dreams half a dozen times. It's a brilliant movie. Uh, have you ever thought of writing a cookbook to include all your culinary delights, says Mick? Can you imagine? Yeah, cheese on toast. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be Steve Allen's cheese on toast. I don't know, actually, if I was ever going to have anything, perhaps I would do a student cookbook. But there again, you'd never sell it because students are far too mean and they'd never buy a cookbook because all they do is open a tin of beans or a can of Stella. 
They don't actually do anything else. There's no sort of cooking involved with students. Just go to your local kebab shop and say large donner and chips. And that's the idea. I mean, students just don't cook. I think parents are suffering from a, uh, a sort of a, a misapprehension of exactly what goes on inside student digs. They don't do that. They're just drunk most of the time. Um, uh, Winnie says, you can't beat beans on brown toast with melted grated cheese on top and brown sauce. Well, actually, I agree. But I'm not bothered about brown toast. I've never subscribed to brown toast, but I appreciate the fact that some people think it's good for them. But I think melted cheese on top of beans is very nice. In the same way that I'm having haddock chowder later on. And I love haddock chowder in a big mug. And I've got some, some French bread to dunk in it, which is very common, but I don't mind being common. Uh, but I, I actually put melted cheese onto um, uh, tomato soup. And that, that's quite delicious as well. In fact, actually, all the things that are really disgusting are the things that I like the most. I nearly the other day succumbed. Somebody wrote in to me about Heston Blumenthal's lemon mince pies, and it sounded quite nice. I thought, no, you mustn't, you mustn't, mustn't, mustn't eat lemon mince pies. So I didn't. I like the idea there's 14 garden villages. I'll, I'll give you the list of where they are, because they might be near you, actually. There's, well, there's one in Brentwood. Dear, you don't want to get the, ro- the wrong people living on there, do you? Uh, sorry, I had to have a slope. I'm still dubious about the, the tea bag that's moving around by itself in the cup. I'm not uh, decided not, not to go anywhere near that. Uh, the story in the Daily Mail is get better soon, ma'am. I did hear somebody calling her mom, but everybody knows it's ma'am as in jam. That's the only reason I, the only reason I know that is because I remember hearing a, a well-known royal courtier some years ago telling me about that and saying, you know, it's ma'am as in jam. So I always, it's like... Moet and Shandon. For years I was going Moe and Shandon. It's like Porsche. You know, the car, Por- people say, I've got a Porsche. No, you've got a Porsche. It goes on. There's all these different pronunciations. Phil Vickery says, baked beans, fresh coriander and a pinch of chilli on buttered toast. <laughs> hot butter. Doesn't hot buttered toast just sound great? You know, because you have visions, don't you? Hot buttered toast of everybody sitting around a fire, toasting things on a, on a toasting fork. And actually doing it and then putting hot, you know, butter, hot butter, butter onto the toast and it drips through. Or crumpets. Crumpets. Could, my mother used to do crumpets. I mean, she'd buy the crumpets. I don't, I don't know anybody who's ever made crumpets. I'm sure you probably can, but it'll be easier to actually uh, get them. Um, perhaps tips for future photographs. Yes, yeah, Steve Allen. How to make Steve Allen look thinner in his photographs. Because when I'm standing next to Daniel Radcliffe, I don't want to be rude, but he's way thinner than I am. And I have a horrible feeling that when Tom Daly comes in tomorrow to talk about his uh, his book, um, he's going to be fit as well, isn't he? I'm just going to look like Mr Blobby. I don't want to look like Mr Blobby, but at the same time, I shouldn't imagine Tom Daly wakes up in the morning and goes, I think I'll have peanut butter on toast. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I don't see it like that. And uh, when Ian says you work too hard, you need a holiday, it's not really like work, is it? I mean, some days it is. Some days you sort of you wake up and you think, I'm a little bit tired. But once you're actually into it, I don't I don't think it's any hardship. I mean, today I'm going to be home by eight o'clock. I've got the whole day. I've got the whole day to go and do nothing like that song. You know, I'm busy doing nothing, working the whole day through, trying to find lots of things not to do. And um, and that that's me. You know, if I decide to go out shopping today, because I'm assuming that most of the shops will be open because people just want to get out there and spend money. I don't know why. You can have all these bills coming back in. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day. I said, you're doing all right for money? He said, I've got £400 to last till the end of the month. I said, well, that's OK. He said, yeah, but I've got the car tax to pay for. 
and then a few other bills. I went, oh, that's the problem, isn't it? And then come the end of January, for all those self-employed people out there, uh, you're going to be paying your tax bill. And that's uh, and that's as bad as it gets. <laughs> Phil, Phil Vickery says, I bet Tom Daly doesn't have cheese on his tomato soup. I, I bet he eats really healthy. I'm going to find it. He has this uh, this book out, which I think is called, it's the it's the Tom Daly Plan. So you can bet your bottom dollar, it'll be everything I hate. Tom's Daily Plan. It'll be everything I hate. It'll be, first of all, have a piece of rye bread, you know, with a gherkin on it or something like that. Day three, have a yoghurt. You know, I could just... Uh, but not any old yoghurt. See, I'd be going for, for pe- peach yoghurt or prune yoghurt or something like that. His is probably involving something really healthy, like wild berry yoghurt or something. I could just tell that, you know, if you're a fit person, if you're a sports person, if you're an athlete, then the food that you put in your mouth is completely different from the food that I put in my mouth. And I remember talking... I had a trainer once at the Barbican Health and Fitness Centre... And um, and I said, oh, well, you know, after we sh- we should go out for a drink or something to eat. And he said, no, he said, I, I ate yesterday. And I said, oh, OK, fine. He, he said, where, where are you going to eat? I said, well, I'll probably go to Joe Allen's. He said, well, what will you have? I said, well, my favourite is liver and bacon. He said, liver and bacon. He, he, he seemed quite perplexed by this. And I said, yeah. He said, what do you have that with? I said, well, generally a bottle of Prosecco. But I said, uh, no, I said, mashed potato and onion gravy. And onions, it's delicious. He looked at me like I was mad. He said, oh, I might just have some grilled salmon. <laughs> Boring. So I didn't bother going out for a drink with him. I thought that was far too dreary. I can't cope with people who are really good about their food because I'm not really good about my food. I just, you know, I could probably devour most things except fish. Fish I'm not quite good with. I don't uh, I don't quite get fish. And we, we discussed on the programme the other day, there's other things like snails and frog's legs. I wouldn't be particularly good at anyway. But I'm very good. We went to the fair yesterday, went to Winter Wonderland, and I didn't have a toffee apple. What do I love? Toffee apples. What's really bad for my diabetes? Toffee apples. I didn't have, I didn't have the chips. I did have a bratwurst, and um, that was about as far as it went. <laughs> I didn't have anything else, actually. I kept looking longingly at all the sweets, like strawberries dipped in chocolate. That looked quite nice. And I thought, no, be strong. Also, save the money. But I'll tell you one thing I noticed at Winter Wonderland, and you'll probably notice if you go today. I think today is their, uh, their, large, their, uh, their last day. Uh, on all the stalls, doing all the uh, food and everything else, Cash only. That a bit odd. Cash only. Why? Why can you not take uh, credit cards or anything like that? Because if there's four or five of you, you're having something to eat. It's, you know, you're going to want to put that on a credit card or a charge card. But no, cash only. It said. Slightly odd, but never mind. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Six thirty-three. That's beyond that, I have no knowledge of the day. I don't know what's going on at all. The papers are full. Well, a few of the papers are full of uh, the hacked account of George Michael's boyfriend uh, called Faddy. And um, uh, some of the things he's actually said, he said, listen, I've only just woken up. He said, I certainly didn't write any of this stuff. So the account was hacked. One of them, uh, it says the only thing George wanted is to die. Capital D.I.E. Then the next one, he tried number of numbers of times to kill himself many times and finally he managed we loved each other very much and were together 24 hours a day now i don't know what sort of sick person would ever want to write this but they will they will find out who actually wrote it because a the spelling is particularly bad uh, and c the grammatical errors are glaringly obvious uh, he says this is nothing to do with him he said somebody's hacked into the account and and written it what sort of sick person would do that we know there's sick people around but by god that's taking it to a new level isn't it uh, they weren't t- together 24 hours a day, quite clearly. 
because uh, George died by himself, I think, on uh, Christmas Day. And they didn't find him until uh, I think Fatty found him about half past one or something like that and then called the uh, the police. Uh, the police have got to go back and check so, check on the uh, on the toxicology results, which turned out to be inconclusive. So they're going to have to do more tests. I find it difficult to believe that, you know, they're actually doing an autopsy on George Michael. Who'd have thought we'd been sitting here on the 2nd of January talking about an autopsy on George Michael? Just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, somebody says, uh, Happy New Year. I also come from the posh part of Stevenage. So posh, we call it... St. Evanage. Yeah, right. There isn't... There, listen, I'm sorry to break it to you. There is nothing posh about Stevenage. It's in Hertfordshire. There are certain people from Penge call it Ponge. You know, it's Penge. People who come from Clapham call it Clam. You know, it's... I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's, you know, I mean, I come from Twickenham. It doesn't get any posher than Twickenham. Well, it probably does if you live in Richmond. Uh, I love peanut butter on toast, Steve. Unfortunately, the big uh, pot of pea and ham soup I made yesterday, I'm looking forward to. Uh, this is poor Steve in, in Twickenham. And somebody had specially selected dressed crab on a hot buttered toast. Ugh, ugh, ugh. That sounds disgusting. I have had... I know people do like crab on toast. I don't, I don't know why. Is it you just... Is it like sort of crab paste? And you just, it sounds horrible. I used to enjoy crab paste. Now I can't bear to look at it. We used to get a little tiny jar about as big as about, what's that, three inches? As big about that and, and sort of, ugh, horrible, horrible. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't eat it now. Err uh, indoors, that's E-R indoors. Queen's still not well. She didn't go to church, but uh, we're told she's getting better. So that's good. Philip went. Philip braved the rain. Off he goes, you know, putting younger members of the royal family to shame he knows that, you know, he's 95, for goodness sake. He's fantastic. Uh, the Queen is 90, and uh, she's not... You know, she's supposed to be wrapped up. She should be staying at home, wrapped up with, you know, hot water bottles and her feet in, you know, one of those nice slippers that's heated. Oh, that's lovely. What a delicious present to give somebody. I've suddenly thought about it, actually. I've realised that, you know, heated slippers... Heated slippers? Why can't they make heated slippers? What if they do? They probably do. Do you know, somewhere, I bet you anything, there are heated slippers available. Just got this thing. Uh, Yob Mayhem as Hull, the millionaire's playground of Hull, becomes a UK art city. The scrapital of culture. And here they all are, the drunks. Out on the street, uh, bloody T-shirts, people with hardly any clothes on, drunken fights breaking out. God, truth. And that's Hull. That's Hull for you. Further north you get, as you know. Uh, victims of the Santa killer. He was wearing a hat. I think when we thought Santa, we thought complete outfit so he could hide the uh, the gun. But uh, but not. He opens fire outside the club. And then he gets inside the, uh, the Reina. And then the paramedics uh, are called. They've got a, a clear picture of him. Uh, he will be caught. And it'll be, I'll promise you now, another shootout. And he will die. And uh, nobody will really care less about him. Nobody cares less. He's gone straight to hell anyway, as far as everybody's concerned. 39 people, as you now know, the revellers in the club. Uh, people were saying uh, the reason this this club was targeted is because um, it would be everything that ISIS despise. Everything that they aspire to, I think, really. You know, people enjoying themselves, people having fun. You know, as opposed to ISIS with uh, those that dreadful Western culture... So that's where we've got our mobile phones from and our clothes and everything else. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They're, they're almost like the hypocrites of the, uh, of the block countries. They're the sort of people who say, no, if we're not being allowed to do it, you're not being allowed to do it. So we're going to take you out. Whether this man was operating independently, I've got no idea. He's quite clearly sick in the head.
But as I say, when they actually catch him, who knows what will happen. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, the glamour girl in pain from leaking silicon. This is dreary old Alicia Duval. We've, we've heard about her life story so many times. I urge you not to even bother. Let's leave her alone to her misery and let her sort of get on with her life and try and make something of it. Uh, plus, how can this be? The kids of obese parents are slow learners. The kids of obese parents are slow learners. The story is that uh, they're more likely to be slow learners because uh, they say if the dad is obese, there's a higher risk of poor social skills. See, I don't know, but this, this is not done over here, incidentally. Uh, this is New York State. They found badly overweight mums had kids 70% more likely to fail a motor skills test at the age of three. A motor skill? Why would you give a three-year-old a motor skill test? I mean, I do see people, sometimes you do see people who are absolutely ginormous, who can barely walk. And um, and I should imagine that that probably is a disaster. But luckily, it doesn't seem to affect us. This is only being done uh, in America, where they do have a lot of clinically obese people. Uh, I mean, seriously, mainly because the, the food portions are so big. I mean, how on earth people get through... I mean, really, I mean, you, you must have to sort of, you know, have two stomachs or something. Um, so steps are back. They were pictured with, uh, with Jeremy Joseph. Uh, the set list they did was Tragedy, which is probably apt for the first one, I suppose. One for Sorrow, Deeper Shade of Blue, uh, Heartbeat. Is Heartbeat... Heartbeat, why do you... Go? Ooh, why would they sing that? Love's Got a Hold of My Heart. None of these were original to them, are they? They're all other people's hits that they covered. And then Stomp. And yet they didn't do 5, 6, 7, 8, which surely must be one of their... I did like Tragedy, but I think it was all done by um, Pete Waterman. I think Pete Waterman mixed all of Steps' stuff. I think he was, he was in at, the, uh, at all the recording sessions. So that's what I think. I mean, 1999, when they were all fresh-faced. Now, they, they don't look as fresh-faced, but they're making the best of it. I've noticed that um, that uh, that one of them here... I mean, Lisa, didn't she threaten to leave the country, Lisa Scott Lee? And she said if somebody got into power or something like that, she was going to leave the country. But then loads of people said things like that. Lee Latchford Evans still looks very good indeed. The girls still look good. Still look good. And H is sort of looking somewhat vacant. Trying still to be the old Welsh boy, you know, five, six, seven, eight. My good school. It's good. Uh, Spice Girls reunion, taken many twists and turns since uh, Dan Wooten seemed to think he first broke the news that it's been tough to keep up with them. No, no, no. Really hasn't, I promise you. We're all well, well ahead of the game, thank you very much indeed. Uh, three suicides found at the cliffs. This is the White Cliffs of Dover, thought to be New Year's su- suicides. There was a man seen near the seaside landmark. They found his body... Uh, at Langdon Cliffs, and then the co-stars discovered two more, a man and a woman. Uh, there were kids in the car, I think, on this particular one. But uh, 2.30pm, and they called the Coast Guard, and then they found these two other bodies. Somebody's got to be really, really desperate, haven't they? Really, really, really desperate to actually sort of take their own life. It's You know, you must have reached absolute rock bottom. Uh, the simple storage device to cut the risk of diabetes making mistakes with insulin injections could save the NHS millions. The Needle Bay dispenses a weak supply and shows how many have been used, reducing missed or double doses. I don't even know what that is. I know that in our local area, what I used to do is I would put my needles and my used insulin in a Sharpie box and you take it to the local surgery. They don't do that now. You've got to call the council round to come and collect it. Well, I don't know when I'm going to be in. 
most ridiculous system I've ever heard of. Ludicrous. Diabetics around my way were all, were all suffering. January the 3rd, tomorrow, incidentally, is the appiest day for Romeos. That's what pe- people are going at. They're going on to apps because people are going, oh, I don't want to go for another year without a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I want to find somebody. I want to find somebody to love me. Find me somebody to love. Find me. Th-. And that's what they want to do. They want to go out there and find somebody so you can share the rest of your life with them. You won't find them. Seriously, you find them in the most unusual places. You know, if you're actually deliberately going out over Christmas and New Year to actually find a partner, you'll never find it. You'll just find another like-minded drunk. That's the only time you will ever find it. And they go, I really love you. Do, do you love me? I come from Sunderland. What do you mean you don't love me anymore? All right. Poor people. They come from Birmingham via Sunderland. They're, they're, they're very confused around my way. Uh, there are heated slippers you can buy, says Anna. Are there really? Are there really? Dagenham is pronounced Dargenham in Lower Essex. Thank you. I can think of uh, better names. He says, I'm the Robert living in Essex. Actually, a place called Danbury, small village near Chelmsford. I originally come from Berkshire, but transplanted here to work. God, you've gone downhill, haven't you? Things were going so well when you were in Berkshire. And now Essex. Not quite the same. Uh, and Phil says, I was born in Clam, and I've lived here all my life. I've never pronounced it Clam. It is and always will be Clapham. It's only those who've moved to Clapham because they think it sounds posh. Well, you can't make Clapham sound posh, can you? As you know, it has to be called Clam. It's like spud you like. Everybody knows it's spadulike. That's the only way you can ever... You can't go in there and go, sorry, I'm going to go to a spud you like. People gave up on things like that. People want to eat something that's a bit easier. So that's why pizzas and chicken shops sprung up all over the place. Chicken that probably never has ever seen the light of day in this country. It's probably come from somewhere else. And, um, but that's the thing. But I mean, I used to like a, a potato. They only seem to do it in Costco. They do a baked potato for pound forty-five or something with either cheese or, I mean, really, it's, it's really good value. And I keep convincing myself it's really good for me. But secretly underneath, I know that I'm probably having the worst thing. Because they always put the food on, on the potato, and then they put the butter, then they give you the butter separately. Whereas in fact, really, I thought the butter went on the potato. But, oh, I used to love a baked potato. Used to love a baked potato. So Phil says it's Clapham. Always been Clapham. It's not going to change. I'm not going to start calling it Clam. I thought people like, you know, like it because it, it sort of elevates it a little bit. And there's not much you can really do. And, uh, and Mick says we all know that Wallington's exclusively posh. Sadly not. Sad. Actually, they said the other day that, uh, that they were trying to rewrite history over Victoria Beckham after she got given her award. Uh, which is an OBE, I think. And they were saying, of course, uh, she's called posh because of her love of fashion and things like that. No, it wasn't. She was called posh because her father was an electrician and he took her to school in a second-hand Rolls-Royce. That's why she was called posh. It was nothing to do with clothes. They've just invented that to try and reinvent history. Because the moment I read it, I thought, no, 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 no. No, she was called posh because she went to school. She lived quite ordinary lives with her parents and she went to school, she got taken to school by her dad, who was an electrician. That's the only reason. Nothing to do with clothing. Nothing to do with clothing. They had no more money for clothing than any of the rest of us had. Uh, so what else do we have? Oh, the polar air, which is sweeping in. Sweeping and swooping in. Didn't he get an award? Did the, did the bloke who's reading the, uh, the papers today, did he get an award in the uh, thing? Who got, I can't remember who, who got blooming awards now. I know that I spoke to somebody about Andy Murray... What is it? is it? He's got an M. Oh, he's already got the MB. Oh, right. That's Chris Akabusi. What's the what's the blazer he's wearing? 
What is the blazer he's wearing? Very odd, isn't it? It's a very odd thing. It looks like it's one of the forces kind of official blazer. Night, Mo Farah got a knighthood. Wow. Do you, do you have people put it on their checkbooks? Sir Mo Farrow. Do they have that? I think so. Uh, Victoria Beckham didn't get a knighthood or a damehood or anything else. Very good programme on Judy Dench on the television the other day. Very good. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Very interesting. I was reading a, a piece the other day that uh, William and Harry have decided they're not going to do a concert uh, to celebrate Diana's life because next year is, or this year's 20, 20th anniversary. They said they're not going to do it after the criticism that they got last time round. And the criticism was that they did the Diana concert, which you remember, and they had loads of good people turning up. Who was, who was one of the guests of honours that they had booked? Camilla. And Rosa Monkton went in one of the papers and was said, Diana would be horrified that the person who was the third person in their marriage was being invited as a special VIP guest. So obviously the boys decided, because they weren't the brightest, uh, that maybe they shouldn't be doing that again. Uh, Bill's in uh, Great Yarmouth. Somebody's got to be. But it's cold down there. Up there? Where are we, Great Yarmouth? Up there. Must be cold up there, because they've got these winds coming in at the moment. The polar air. And it's definitely making it cold. But yesterday they were uh, predicting rain. And in fact, when we were at Winter Wonderland, which was about uh, 20 to 12, it was bone dry. Later on, it rained. But when we were actually there, it was it was fine. Rest of the country, I know when they did the New Year's Day parade, they had rain, which is a bit of a shame. But again, they're all well prepared for it. You will not find a happier bunch of people working the New Year's Day parade uh, anywhere. I promise you, the Americans smile all the way through it. And if you want proof, look on the front page of The Guardian. They've got the cheerleaders. They're absolutely... I could never fault them. Every year, I used to say, here come the girls and the boys from UCLA. And they would come through in groups of 400... I mean, seriously, they've all learnt their dance moves um, from a DVD because they never all get together. So they're all learning it in different groups all over America. And then they come together for the New Year's Day parade or they might do the Paris parade or they might go to Germany or wherever it happens to be. And they smile all the way through. Seriously, I've never known such a happy bunch of people. The Americans are like that. They're very they're very over the top. They're very sort of positive and, and right on. But when they have a disaster... They have a disaster. So they've um, the headline raining on their New Year parade. It did not stop them smiling the other day. Daily Telegraph, the Duke's soldiering on without the Queen. And uh, as I say, he's 95. <laughs> he's out there. He's doing it. He's doing it for the royal family. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, also, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh arriving at church. Her absence uh, was, as you know, because we discussed it with Camilla Tomenay the other day. It said she's still recuperating, not in bed, um, and said she's not too bad. But she's 90. You have to remember she's 90. Uh, the expats lured back to the UK by the £1,700 a fortnight to care for elderly. Builders, barmaids and bankrupt businessmen are flying into Britain from their Spanish homes to earn lucrative sums as carers for the elderly. That's what they're looking for. Crikey. Uh, front page of the mirror, George's lover. I slept in my car as he died all alone. Um, this is, they say, the uh, final hours of the pop legend. The mystery over the uh, the suicide claim. We think that uh, Faddy's Twitter has been hacked by somebody, a sick person, who wants to write things like that. He said it's nothing to do with him at all. Why would he write that? Why would he write that? He'd been with him for a few years. Thousands face hip-hop agony. 
have to be careful how you say that. And uh, waiting for these hip and knee operations. My brother's knees are going completely. They're sort of crumbling. And um, he knows that they're, they're crumbling, which is not so good, actually. Uh, think yourself thin diet plan. Well, I've tried that one. It doesn't work, actually. Think yourself thin. OK, think thin, think thin. No, still fat. Uh, the Sun this morning. Mystic Megs, 2017 stars. Success and money. None of it. Uh, the pop icons torment. Lover George wanted to die. Uh, but as I say, it's if you read further into the story, you'll read that he said no. My Twitter account has been hacked. Uh, get lean in 2017 with Joe Wicks. So they've got a, a trainer doing it. And then they've got some poor old girl off a reality show who they're sort of promoting. Scarlett Moffat's DVD. Given the choice, I'd have to go with the expert. I wouldn't be doing it with some bird off the television who just sits there commenting on programmes, no matter how much we liked her. Uh, the Daily Mail, the middle-aged guide to staying healthy forever. Well, obviously not that long. Uh, plus, get better soon, ma'am. Illness forcing the Queen to miss church for the second week running. And the painful truth between, between, uh, behind Sherlock's shocking climax. Uh, Daily Star. Love and sex. What's in your stars? Neither, I should imagine. Like last year. And uh, Celebrity Big Brother, where there are no celebrities. It's ironic that the sort of people in there are people who've either had some sort of tortured experience. You know, to actually put in... Sam Callahan, the man who made his own little porno video. That's his claim to fame. There is no other claim to fame. And some girl who, um, you know, hung around with a few naff people. Callum Best. I mean, dear God in heaven, what does he do? Colleen Nolan. As I said the other week, should you not be saving your marriage as opposed to faffing around in Big Brother? Or do you really need the money that much? I suspect probably she really needs the money that much. Uh, also, the shooter hunted... The man responsible for the killings in Istanbul. They will find him. Somebody will say, I've got somebody in this building who looks exactly like him now. There'll be a shootout and he will die. Like the uh, like the one from Paris. Like the one from Berlin. ISIS vows a new campaign of terror after the massacre, say the Times. They, they have a diet here called the Scandi diet. Get a flat stomach in 12 weeks. Uh, for that read, uh, three months. But nobody really bothers, do they? You're not going to bother with anything for three months. Uh, the smiling killer on the eye. Uh, the new year nightclub attacker shooting victims one by one as they parted with friends. I mean, what sort of sick person is this? Answer a very, very, very sick person. Um, da -da 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 what else do we have here? Oh, they've got uh, the football roundup. And uh, the early life of Kate Bush. I thought she was so reclusive. She didn't give interviews anymore. She sort of just, no... Out on the wildy, which she wants to stay by herself, you know, out on the moors with Heathcliff. And uh, I was bullied at school. Do you know, I think just about everybody was bullied at school. I don't know anybody who wasn't at some point bullied. At... Have you got any sweets? Give me sweets. I don't want to share my sweets. Give me the sweets. OK, have the sweets. Everybody was bullied at school in some way, shape or form. Uh, Happy New Year, Steve, says Julie. Keep us laughing in 2017. Uh, Brentford, Steve, says Nigel, is known as Upper Q. Uh, I think not. <laughs> Wallington is so posh, it's famous for growing lavender. No, it's famous for having people called lavender. Uh, he says, we have no moths at all. And also beaches, they added to Carsholton uh, to make it sound posh. Unfortunately, it didn't. Trees, you know, not really that exciting. And uh, my partner, Steve, has diabetes and neuropathy of the feet, and his feet get freezing. So we've got microwaveless microwavable slippers that you can't walk around with them due to the beads inside that heat up. So you have to sit down with them on. So we've got this electric foot warmer where you put both feet in together. I've seen one of these, Carol. 
That sounds really nice, actually. But I have a feeling that if I get something like that, I might as well just give up. Anna says, there was a time I kept bumping into Judy Dench. They did a great programme on, uh, on the television uh, about Judy Dench. It was lovely. Really was lovely. Because I interviewed her late husband, uh, Michael. And uh, she was she was devastated. Uh, Mandy says they showed George Michael singing at an open house in Paris. It was really lovely. Yes. Um, I like the idea of Batters, uh, sorry, Brentford being known as Upper Q. That is it for this morning. I hope you enjoy the remainder of your day off. And I hope that you remember to get up for work tomorrow because you've got to come into work. Thank you to all the, the celebrities who contacted the programme this morning. Even those that we didn't mention, you know who you are. Thank you very much indeed. I will be back with you tomorrow morning when I think that we're roughly back to normal. As far as I remember, we're back, every, everything will be back to normal on the station. And the free podcast will be back tomorrow morning for you. And uh, we'll take all of your texts and emails. Have a very, very, very pleasant day. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10... It's Katie Hopkins. But coming up right now for breakfast, working all over Christmas and the New Year, Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.